What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Forever. On today's episode of Weekend at Bergman's, it's October, baby! And that means it's officially the start of spooky season, regardless of what Joe says. How long have you, how long have you been celebrating spooky season? August 26th. That's not right. And you better believe that now that it's October, we're doing horror movies all month long. Check out our calendar on Instagram and Twitter, at Weekend Bergman, to see what we're doing. Uh, today, we're going to start mm-hmm. with two of the biggest, mm. two of the baddest, oh. Amon Stars. <laughs> In the cinematic universe, I'm, of course, talking about Xenomorphs versus Yautja. That's right. Representing the art house, it's Ridley Scott's 1979 Alien, starring Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, Ian Holm, Yafit Kato, Veronica Cartwright, and Harry Dean Stanton. And representing the mainstream, did you know that term, Yautja? That's the official, that's kind of the canonical term for the, the predator. That's what the predator, they don't go back to their home planet and call each other predators. That's just the, you know, Yautja. Representing the mainstream, it's John McTiernan. We know him from Die Hard. Yes, yes. John McTiernan's 1987 Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, uh, Elba uh, Dia Carrillo, Jesse Ventura, Bill Duke, Sonny Landham. The list goes on. Great what movies. a cast. What a cast. These are two great ones. I don't know which way this is going to go. Joe, are you ready? Yes. Then roll that theme song. There it is. There it is. Oh, God. It feels good every time. Live on Twitch. Every week, you and I watch two movies together. Well, not quite together, because we watch them apart. You at your houses and us at ours. Whoa! Every week, we watch the same two movies. If it bleeds, we can kill it. But how do we choose these two movies? Are you singing along? Sing along at home. Well, one is a brilliant, beautiful work of cinematic art, the height of the medium. And the other one is mainstream. Doesn't work because we're doing work the same movie. We're both talking like the popcorn, baby. Hollywood endings. But what happens when we watch them? Back to back, and we have to say which one we like better. Yeah. And we have to be, have to be honest. honest. You have to be honest. Welcome! Welcome to Weekend at Bergman's. You gotta be we're honest. We're gonna watch an art house movie and a mainstream movie. And, and we're gonna once, tell you which one that we yep, like better. Right. And if I'm if I'm and not if mistaken, like yes. the one that we like better we're is gonna, gonna go in into what canon. we call the canon, right. and the one that we did not like as much is gonna go in what we call the trash, the trash canon. canon. We're never allowed to watch again for the rest of, of our stinking lives. There's also a purgatory. There's also a purgatory Correct. in which Pee Wee's Big Adventure currently resides, right. waiting for its waiting for its its Orpheus to come down and usher it back to the land of the living. <laughs> Unless it, unless, unless it loses. But don't turn around. Yeah, don't turn around. Unless it loses. Don't All right. turn around. Um, wow. Well, welcome wow. to Waking the Bergmans, yeah, you everybody. It, I am so happy to be here. Guys, my baby is three weeks old. Who are you? What's your name? My name? Oh, my name is Joe Cilio. I'm here with my partner, my dear friend, oh, thank um, you. Uh, Brett Bowen. 
Yep, that's me. And we are here to talk about some of our uh, some movies. Uh, one's an art house flick. One is a mainstream popcorn flick. And one uh, we're going to decide which one's better. And the one that's better, we're going to put into the canon. And the one that we is not as good, we're going to put it into the trash canon. And we can never watch it again, guys. It's it's you know it's um that's the premise. It's spooky season. It's been spooky season. Like I said, since August twenty sixth, since we did our nope for signs episode, we've been just uh, gorging on horror. But sure. you know, for the for the layman, for the for the every man, uh, every woman, every person, welcome to spooky season. Officially, it is October, folks. Oh, it, it is feels time. Good. Doesn't it feel it feels good? Great. Doesn't it feel? It good? feels great. And everybody is talking. Name about a better month. Name a better month. Name a better month. You can't. Everybody is actually. That's actually true. I can't. I was born in November, and I still say October. Some people might say like a July, because like if you're a summer kid, which is cool. Like we love summer, but October really is the month of Growing months up on the East Coast. That October humidity, is the month of months. Give folks. me October, baby. Poochie Vince is is spilling the honesty uh, here at Bergman's. That's correct. We are spilling the honesty, and uh, we are talking about movies, guys. It's spooky season, and everybody and their mother is talking about how 2022 is a banner year for horror. I can't open uh, up my here we phone. Go. I can't open up my phone without hearing immediately how it's a banner year for horror so because gotta, Fresh still, came out on Hulu. You still got a flip. I'm sorry? You still got a flip phone? You said opening up your phone. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean. But yeah. you can you can open it up on the old iPhone as well. Everyone's talking about it's a banner year for horror. I mean, this year, so many flicks have come out. Everybody's just cannot get enough of No shade to the flips. Uh, we got, you know, everyone's talking about X. We got the black phone. I might go back to we have, flip. We have so many, you know them, the men, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I'm just here to report, just before we get off in the spooky season, guys, you know, some of these movies are good and some of these movies are not good. Um, I'm sorry to be that guy. I'm sorry to say 2022 is a great year for horror in the sense that people are making them and going to see them. I'm happy that Smile did well at the box office this weekend. Smile crushed. I'm sad to hear that boys, uh, uh, bros didn't do good. Brett, did you see bros? Uh, I did not see bros. I'm so sorry. I know. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I was in the office all weekend working on stuff. Okay, I'm very sorry. I'm going to go see Bros, okay? I'm also going to see Smile. Bros is so mad that the Woman King did great at the box office this weekend. (laughs) So, well... Anyway, guys, I want to hear. I about, predict a yeah. comeback in week two for Bros. I'm I'm saying it right now. I predict a big comeback in week two for oh, Bros. Oh Lord! I I uh, uh, when Prop Twenty Seven passes and I can finally gamble, I would take the opposite of that bet. I bet it's going to do way bad next weekend. Smile's going to double its money. Um, Smile's going to do fucking awesome. People saw those 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 uh, that viral marketing at the baseball games with the smiley people <sighs> behind home plate, and they said, "I got to go see that movie." Note to bros. Bros, get somebody in the get somebody behind just home send, plate at all just, major league baseball just, games. Just attractive. Billy Eichner, get him on a bus. Send him all around the country. Get him in, to in the Falcons uh, game. Get him, yeah. Get him, get him, get him on uh, on college football games. Get him behind the uh, yep. uh, home plate. Uh, right. You know the Pittsburgh Pirates. Who cares? Who it doesn't matter who it is. Yep. That's apparently what's game. working these days. You put smile. You put the smile people behind home. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you, everybody everybody should, knows what I'm talking about, talking about, right? About, yeah. Yes, the, the movie Smile did this viral marketing campaign where they were putting like people smiling like this. There was more. No, it wasn't intense. It's like, hey, yours is pretty good. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Imagine it was putting smiley people in yeah. in in the line of the camera at sporting events. Uh, and it created all this buzz. Yeah. Um, it's created a lot of buzz. Uh, Smile did great. People, literally, all, all jokes aside, God bless, do enjoy their original horror pictures. It doesn't always have to be Halloween ends, which I can't wait for. Sorry, arrest me. Um, but 
Um, I'm thrilled about it. So it's hard. It's a hard. Wh- whether I love all the films or not is not the point. The point is that people are of all the kinds of movies that get made these days. You know, at least us horror fans can be like, Phew. at least we dodged a bullet. We're just getting a, a, a big pile of original horror, so, which yeah, is great. It is a golden age of original horror IP right now. What do you have? What are your hits? What are your misses? Okay, thank you, Brett. Yeah. Um, okay, I have. Okay, I want to talk about this. This week, I've had a baby. My whole entire life's turned upside down. I have come back to work, which is great, but I've also just had an inordinate amount of time just at my house, and I have just been crushing movies. We already talked about That's in, month one. Month one is like no sleep, but then like a lot of free time. You know, from 4.30 yeah. to like 8.30, I'm just like wide awake, and like yeah. I can't go back to bed. I'm just watching yeah. movies, or like at night from, you know, 7 p.m. to yeah. midnight, I'm just sort of like waiting for Enzo to, you know, awake or fall asleep. Oh, I'm just Enzo. like watching movies i want to go through and i'll probably do this all uh uh, spooky season long folks i hope you all have committed to your 31 days of halloween with your 31 films that you're going to be cranking out this year i am what's today october 6th brett or something or first or october 3rd that's october 3rd i've watched nine horror movies so far this month and i and i want to i want to run through them quickly with you all and then i'll end with um, too many well two of them were alien and predator so those ones Ah, okay okay. all right some some films i've been watching some new 2022 ones some oldies some goodies some classics i just want to go through and brett i want if you've seen them i want you to hit me with the stars how many stars out of five? Would These you are give new this? horror movies. Uh, some are old, like one's The Exorcist. Right? Got like, it. Go go if you haven't seen Ooh, it, whatever. Oh, Brian's got Smile Lady. Thank you, Brian. Oh, there's the Smile Lady. There's Smile Lady. Oh my gosh, we got to see that flick. She is. She is underpaid. It. Is what killing? Is what, it. She's underpaid. Look at that. Yeah, that's a real human. That's not a prosthetic. That's that's a real person. Yep. And she held that look. For innings, this is one of those. Innings. This is one of those gigs where she like rolled up to like yeah. a, a fold out table at six a.m. And I'm not talking they strike hand, out. The, her, I'm not talking they, strike out the side innings. I'm talking like couple walks, a single. <laughs> she said a baseball game. <laughs> long They're innings, six and a half hours long. Long innings. Yeah, like uh, she's she's back there. Playoff made, drama. She did not flinch. <laughs> she did not flinch. It's one of those ones where it's uh, 18 innings. They're bringing Roy Oswald yeah. into pitch. Yeah. Javi Baez was like yeah. legging out a single. She's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were almost out of this one. <laughs> I thought we were almost uh, out of this uh, inning. Um, All right. So, Brett, if you've seen them, hit me with a number. If you haven't seen them, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and fill them in. Um, a number like one to ten? Uh, uh, five. Pretend we're on letterbox. We're going to do five stars. Okay? Got it, got it, so you can got it, give me four it, and a half stars, three stars. And folks, hit, hit me up in the chat too. We'll start with the classic. I started off spooky season strong. I just said sometimes you got to go back to foundation. I just got to watch it. We're going to watch Exorcist, right? I watched The Exorcist, the original we one. We just watched Exorcist, Amy and I, uh, last week. Amazing. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. So what? where are you on Exorcist? Four stars, five stars? You know, I, I can't imagine it's going three stars. It's fucking Exorcist. But tell me what you liked and didn't like really quick. I am, I am at a four and a half on Exorcist. I'm at a four and a half on Exorcist. Obviously, a stone cold classic. Uh, I love, I love that long intro uh, where he's in. I mean, what is that like Jordan? Maybe I think they said he's he's, he's like you know, sort of around like Petra and all those ancient sort of like cities in Jordan. Um, I love that intro. I love how it only sort of loosely tied. I love that there's not like a literal, a, tr- a super literal connection with the with the yeah. you know Washington D.C. Uh, present day yeah. plot. Uh, so many interesting details. You see William Freakin just having fun. They call him Billy if you know him. If they do. If you've been on set Billy with him, they call him Billy. Yeah, I love um, that. You see him like like Ellen Burstyn like as an actor in that like sort of like. Like that sort of like shitty faux counterculture movie that she's making yeah, where yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. has to like run oh, up to the that. steps and be like 
no bipartisanship or like whatever <laughs> yeah. her character is saying. She's a like, yeah, she's like a centrist, and there's like yeah. student. It's like you know this the 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 hippie dream is dying. It's being like commercialized. So there's a lot of fun little details like that that I thought that people forget that really make the movie interesting. The priest's like whole backstory with his mother is really interesting. Uh, he has such an interesting backstory. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know what keeps it from a five. I think maybe... I think it's a little... That that moment. That moment isn't there in Act 3 for me. The Act 3 moment of of it all kind of coming together. It feels like it's it's like... if There's moments in, in Act 2, Act 3 where she's like full-on demon, uh, you know... Face with the scars and the spit, and the, like there's moments where it feels like it's like it's like barely holding itself together, and it makes it, it lands the plane, but it doesn't. I don't know. Four okay. and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. I wasn't prepared to have a read on The Exorcist. This no, is fine. all gut reaction. Yeah, that's great. Uh, am I wrong, Chad? What are we giving The Exorcist out of five? Well, Go ahead. you know, I am. Um, I'm. I'm giving it a very loving four. You know, I'm not like I. But, I, but I. No, but I. It's so good. It is so like uh, Price is Right. You waited to see what I was going to answer, and then you under you underbid me. Well, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to. Me. It's right here on my letterbox. Okay. Four. Okay. <laughs> Poochie, um, Poochie Vince says four and a half as well. Thank you, Poochie Vince. Um, Great minds. Yeah, it's a it's really a gorgeous movie. It does have like. some uh, draggy parts, but why would we harp on? We this? got a four. I mean, it's absolutely um, lush. The sound mixing and design is yeah. like absolutely incredible. Third act is rushed. That's exactly what I was trying to explain. I found the third act sort of like bizarre, to, like almost like a detached. That priest that comes in is so sort of um, detached in yeah. such like an interesting way. It, it does sort of like collapse really quickly at the end, I suppose. But um, this is what I was saying about yeah. Cook the Thief, his wife and her lover mm-hmm. is like green, like these directors who fall in love with like something that's sort of off center to the plot early on, and then they like run out of time, like. Wow. I think Greenway falls in love, fell in love so much, and and who can blame him? Fell in love so much with Gambon, like in like that there was like there's a mm. lot of there's a lot of fairly repetitive speeches. I will I will I I will bathe in all of them, and luxuriate in all yeah. of them. But I think he fell in love with Gambon early on, and then runs out of time in Act Three. Act Three feels a little rushed to me. Um, similarly, in The Exorcist, you see Billy Freakin falling in love with all these sort of auxiliary details, all these sort of world-building details in Act One. And uh, I yes. think, he, think it's Act Three, and the studio's like, uh, "Billy, you got you got twenty million left, or you got ten million left? Let's <laughs> let's go." Uh, he's like, "Oh fuck, I still got to do all the fucking yeah. I got to do all the demon shit." Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. so he has to rush it. But I think it's really effective, and I really like sometimes the like Catholicism of it all is sort of like tangential or not nuanced or interesting. And I find that in The Exorcist, his the priest's moral sort of dilemma or like his baggage like you're talking about with yeah. his mother to be actually really interesting in the way that it folds into the exorcism to be really really interesting and some other exorcism films later on are just less um, sort of like resonant or interesting I mean uh, I'm the like one that gave it four and a half you only gave it four so yeah I mean I, I agree so with what? you I agree with you Hot take in the chat from yeah, Poochie from Poochie Vin Poochie Vin Poochie Vin is killing it right now in the chat yeah. I mean everybody is but uh, Poochie Vin says Omen better than the exorcist I like that. I don't hate that. I, 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 I don't I, hate I, that. I, I haven't seen Omen I don't in a couple years, but I, I'd be inclined to agree. The Exorcist is absolutely gorgeous and foundational. And that Omen leans bit, into, I mean, uh, but Omen has some genuinely no, terrifying good. stuff. The the, the monkeys in like yes, the, in like the awesome. safari zoo. Oh, yes. my God. But uh, Exorcism is great. And, Exorcism, and what's his face? David, what's his name? Who gets beheaded by the glass plane. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, what's Omen's his name good. from the Omen? David. Oh, my God. And David know, the, Warner. Of course, David Warner. The opening bit of The Exorcist is is, is awesome. Do you know it's what the Safdie brothers 
copped for the opening. Oh of yeah, Uncut Gems. That 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 uh, that's that's uh, acknowledged. Acknowledged. I believe so. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That um, makes sense. I'll, I'll end with another film I know that you saw, and I'll run through some I don't know if you've seen yet. So, um, I watched Orphan First Kill, which everybody was tittering about as very fun, and which I'll say was yeah, pretty fun. I'll give it two and a half stars. It was, um, you know, Julia Stiles has a fun turn in it, and it's fun enough, and I really, like, I enjoyed watching it. It's tight and lean, and it has a moment or two where it really pops, but let's not all, like, kid ourselves and fall over and pretend that Orphan First Kills, like, fucking, you know, changing the game. It's a good movie that was fun. Did you see Orphan I, First Kills? I have Kill? not seen uh, either of the Orphans. Okay. I have not seen the first Orphan or this or this sequel. I gotta, I gotta watch yeah. The Orphan. Gotta you gotta watch, watch orphan. orphan. I gotta watch Orphan. Slightly better... Interesting one here for horror losers like me. I watched Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Any Next of Kin heads out there? It's like the 45th entry in the Paranormal Activity franchise. franchise? Next of Kin, they do a found footage documentary thing about like like an Amish community that she goes back to or whatever. I don't hate that. And you know what? As far as Paranormal Activity 12 goes, pretty fun. Totally fine. Um, kind of had a scary part or two, nothing to write home about, but as far as, you know, the found footage genre goes, you know, pretty good. I find, I have such a trouble with the, some of these found footage films that come out where everything feels so deliberate. It completely like, then why even bother having the found footage? And that problem is of course part of Next of Kin where it's like, you know, when the camera is like so deliberately swooshing and showing you different elements, it feels completely and totally unnatural and doesn't feel like found footage at all. I think that husbands or uh, faces... Cassavetti's film feel much more found footagey than any um, uh, next of kin podcast podcasting's movies. very own Dan Lippert is in next of kin uh, great welcome Dan so that was now my next of kin review pretty good and then, well, guys, I watched. That's the, what people came yeah. to, came to this episode for was some next yeah. to some paranormal activity next of kin analysis yeah whatever what do you got next this one this is a five star movie this is a perfect film. This is a 10 out of 10. This is a 100 out of 100. Guys, there, I watched an incredible movie this week say. that What's I've seen. There's only one better John Carpenter film. Oh, here we go. And that is Halloween. Because it's my favorite, one of my favorite movies. So the second best John Carpenter film? And one of the greatest movies, greatest horror movies I've ever seen gotta in my be, entire life. Can I, can I get it? You may. Gotta be the thing. No. <gasps> It's Prince of Darkness. Wow. Which I just was able to rewatch on wow. the Criterion 80s collection, and it reminded me what an absolute stone cold masterpiece. Chat was guessing um, thing, too. Guys, oh, thing we got is some good. Wows. We got some, some people, people can't believe thing is what good. they're hearing. Thing's a 95. It's an A. Thing fucking rules. Atmospheric. Ending? Beautiful. And we'll talk about Thing when we talk about Alien, I'm sure. But yeah. guys, Prince of Darkness is a sub, totally subdued strip down carpenter strips himself down to his elements and just gives you the bare essentials of horror and builds a perfectly paced totally sparse incredibly sad incredibly bleak vision of horror and vision of um humanity uh that is absolutely i like the take i like the take is absolutely in the unparalleled. Chat. You know what? That is that is real masterful shit. It is stunning, and I cannot recommend it enough. And God bless, it is on the Criterion Channel right now in the '80s collection. Do yourself a favor. It is. It, it's not like a slow build. Like that suggests that the beginning's boring. But man, when you watch like an expert 
totally pace something completely well. And then the imagery is so stunning. The sort of like science, like the sort of like concept behind it is so intricately rolled out. The the everything about it is is um, stunning. It's so empty and so barren and cold. Um, it's really scary and really, really effective, and it's an absolutely brilliant, underrated masterpiece. Five out of five, ten wow. hundred out of hundred. Well, Prince like you said, we've got some we got some direct Carpenter links today. Uh, of course, the writer of Alien, Dan O'Bannon, had worked uh, with Carpenter on Dark Star, uh, which was more of a uh, comedy version of of uh, of an outer space thing, uh, and he wanted to to it was it was his experience on Dark Star that led him to write Alien. He wanted to do another kind of outer space alien thing, but make it more in the more kind of hard horror and, and less in the comedy vein. Um, so Carpenter gives baby Carpenter is the Greg Popovich Guys, of Hollywood. I mean um, everybody his assistants go on to be great head coaches elsewhere. Um, all right, let's get into. Uh, I wanted to clarify something real quick before we get into my segment. That was an excellent segment, by the way. I'm sorry if I, I were you. Is that do we get? Do we hit all the movies? God damn it! I'm we sorry. Can, I have all wait, month. wait, no, no, no. No, I have, we have all month. Let's all right, go. let's circle no, back. I, I know I'm, you got yeah, a big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I got, a big I got one. guys. I got a lot. But let's go on. Let's move on. I love this though. All right, let's go on. Out of five stars, you you throw a couple horror, horror movies out, and we do out of five star instinctive rankings, and then you, you give us like a real solid. That was a solid. That was like a A O Scott. Paragraph that you were giving us Thanks. on those movies. Those were really tight, cohesive yeah. uh, reviews. Um, I want to clarify something because this, the premise of this podcast is that one movie is art house and one movie is mainstream, right? But we, but the line gets a little blurry sometimes. Today the line feels fairly blurry um, because obviously both Alien and Predator came out of major studios. Uh, they didn't have huge budgets, but they had little studio budgets. Um, they were, you know, collaborative films. Well, you know, everyone was working for hire. Essentially, this was the ni- neither of these movies were like one person's passion project. It was, you know, classic collaborative Hollywood studio filmmaking. I guess what I was thinking was that a lot of times it's like, you know, art because clearly Alien is not as art house as Peter Greenaway or Cassavetes or you know, is your your military makeup is coming off? Yeah, yeah, it's good though. It's like it's Predator. Good. Yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Is it sweating? Are you sweating? Yeah, it's okay. good. It's, like it's good. Yeah, 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 it's like Predator. Okay, it's like good. Predator. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, so we both. Uh, I guess I was thinking Alien was the art house film because it has more of a sort of atmospheric Same. aesthetic. That it comes um, first in our sentence. And Alien it comes versus Predator. Alien versus right, Predator, right, right, right. Uh, which was recommended by someone on a previous live stream, which I thought was very funny because, of course, there was the movie Alien versus Predator. But this is Alien versus Predator. <laughs> no, we got it. Um, but I ended up dressing like Predator. I was supposed to dress like the art house movie. I, right. I went with Predator. I don't know what I was. But now I'm like. I'm like, which one is the mainstream? Which one's the art house? Predator surprised me. I can't wait to talk about Predator. Predator really, not since Weekend at Bernie's have I been this surprised by a movie. Okay, cool. That I thought I was, no, that, I, really that, that, I, that I was, I was expecting one thing and it went in a totally different direction at one point. So I think, I think it's up for grabs as to what is, the, what is between these two, what is I'll the art house it. and what is the mainstream? Because uh, Predator is is sort of weirder and more, f- a little more fucked up than I thought. It, I don't know. It kind of does. It does some interesting things. So Are we getting into it? I mean, not I'll yet. Let you not do yet. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, before we get into that. I've got a segment. Um, you know what? Actually, let's do so we can spread out our segments. Beautiful. Whatever. Let's talk about Alien. Okay. And then we'll come back and we'll oh, do fun. my segment, Love it. which is called Hollywood Bites. And then we'll Great. come back and do Hollywood Bites. Okay. And then we'll do, and then we'll go into Predator. Yeah. All right. How's that sound? I okay. Love that. 
Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. So Alien came out in 1979. It was directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, it was written by Dan O'Bannon, who, like I said, worked on Dark Star with John Carpenter. Um, he also uh, had went off and was part of uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. He was one of the like one of the l- the lucky few out there working on Jodorowsky's Dune, uh, that that beautiful doomed project, which of course you can go watch the documentary about. Uh, and that's actually where O'Bannon, the writer became aware of H.R. Giger because Giger was doing all the art design for Jodorowsky's Dune. Uh, So O'Bannon found out about Giger long before, and and actually Giger became an inspiration for him while he was writing Alien. So Giger inspired Alien before he was hired to do the art design for Alien, which is crazy. So there's all these intersecting circles going on. Um, Ridley Scott is brought on. This is very much, this was not supposed to be anything, this movie. This was like, they literally had an $11 million budget. Um... It's just a spooky space movie horror thing. We're going to, like, hire a director. We got the script. We'll get some act. It, like, it was very much just a piece-together movie of the week kind of thing. Um, but the the there was already these things going on on the surface. Because O'Bannon is, like, has this great lineage working with Carpenter, working with Jodorowsky, inspired by Giger. So he's bringing a, already bringing a sort of art house, you know, a higher-level aesthetic to this thing. The hiring of Ridley Scott ended up being the definitive move for this movie because Scott come in this is his second movie this is his second full feature length movie that really Scott directed uh, and he makes two key decisions that basically turn a just normal run-of-the-mill space movie into alien into this classic um, number one inspired by conversations with O'Bannon he like aggressively pushes for Giger to be the designer art director essentially uh and without giger you don't i don't think you have this movie i mean the the it's the the look of the xenomorph the look of the, the of the of the marooned ancient spaceship Ugh. the look of the planet like everything space, every little, everything every, every little thing the yes. face hugger everything is giger inspired hr giger inspired um and you don't get alien you know i mean every like i was trying to think like who's the mvp of alien the truth is there's several MVPs. Ridley Scott's an MVP, yes. H.R. Giger's an MVP, yes. and third, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's Weaver. an MVP. And that was, um, I mean, A, Sigourney Weaver deserves 100% of the credit for her performance and what she brings to the movie. Ridley Scott, however, was the one who, uh, it was originally, of course, going to be a male protagonist, and Ridley Scott was the one who pushed to change it to a female protagonist and and pushed for Sigourney Weaver to be to be cast in that role. So Scott... You know, his two great moves were just, as, as, a, as a great director does, his two great moves were just deferring to the right people, hiring the right people, hiring Giger, refusing the studios, like, Giger's weird, we don't want Giger. And then, <laughs> and really Scott was like, hire Giger, hire yeah. Giger, right? Just saying it, he's like Ben Kingsley in, in Sexy Beast, right? Do it, do it, do it, do it, until they did it. And same with Sigourney Weaver. He pushed and pushed and pushed, and they, they rewrote it as a, and guess what? rewrite it just uh, where it says Tom uh, now it says Sigourney right there's no like the the character is the same right Um, but but really a a great you know I mean what a I don't know I mean is there is there and I'm I throw this out to the chat is there a precedent and I'm sure there is in the in the bowels of 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 
independent filmmaking and cult filmmaking, et cetera. But is there a precedent for Sigourney Weaver's character in this movie? And if so, who would be the precedent? Precedent because it in what feels, Like a um, female action lead? Yes, a female action lead, but specifically with this sort of tenor to it and this sort of this sort of um, uh, unflinching um, kind of everything that Hollywood this 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 dichotomy that Hollywood had been had been had been working on and like and like etching into stone for 80 years of like masculine strength and feminine weakness suddenly that dichotomy gets completely turned on its head here there is no you know there's no because um, I think there's I can think of other precedents where they get close but then there'll be like a, a a breakdown crying scene at the end and then you know the and then the the um, a female protagonist gets comforted by a, a male character, this or that. This, to me, seems just an unflinching, uncompromising gender reversal of this dichotomy that had been built up over over you know decades and decades and decades in Hollywood. If there is a a precedent before Sigourney, please let me know in the chat. I'm sure there is, but let's 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 shout him out. But Sigourney, regardless, feels very unprecedented. It feels like a very unprecedented, unique performance. Um, in addition to that, you get Scott's directing. You get this. Uh, very much in you know some this movie seems to lie somewhere between 2001 and Blade Runner this sort of moody atmospheric aesthetic and of course he would go on to direct Blade Runner two years later three years later um, uh, but then punctuated by you know almost like the what they say about the Pixies like loud fast loud it has that thing where it's sort of like quiet 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 and then like loud like the the choice of when to be loud and how um, mm. You know, and and how those loud moments uh, work is so effective here. Um, one scene in particular, of course, the you know the the alien popping out of out of John Hurt's chest is 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 one of those moments. But the one that affected me more in this screening was the cut from when the face hugger attaches itself to John Hurt, which because at that point, I mean. The audience already knows what movie they're in for, but in the world of the movie, there has been nothing malicious yet. No malicious intent to anything. The In the world of the movie, uh, the, the people on the Nostromo, the ship... They think they're just they're just uh, like they're just sort of excavating. They're just checking it out, right? Nothing has become ominous or malicious yet. And then that that when that facehugger attaches itself to John Herb, it's so shocking and so quick. And then there's a hard cut to just the quietness of that vast ancient space on that planet, and it's so affecting. Um, and just the emptiness and the desolation, as though to say, this terrifying thing you just saw is made more terrifying by its meaninglessness by its by by how much it is dwarfed by the vastness that surrounds it and the ancientness that surrounds it it's terrifying in the like microcosm but then you switch to the macrocosm and almost like it didn't happen like it was like you know space swallowed it space swallowed the the scream um so i absolutely love this movie it's one of my favorite all-time movies it's so scary it's so fucking scary um and those are my opening thoughts on Alien. I love it. Um, you know, one thing I'll say right off the bat is, uh, though the characters themselves, you know, don't feel any sense of dread, us as the audience, we are treated to like immense, immense amounts of 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 dread in every shot, in every sound, in every pore. It comes from like the pacing of like the way the computer screen unfurls at the top, um, the way that the crew um, talks to each other, the shots that Scott sets up, and then once, of course, when they once they get to the planet, I mean, you you just know from you literally know from the jump like this is going to go, not because you've seen it before, 
No. But because like you're just because of the way the, the, film, mood, the film is made, like you're mood. like, holy fucking yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is yeah. going to happen on this planet? Like you're like, sh- yeah. you're quivering for like an hour until the action begins, which is beautiful and um, which is and very scary and, and uh, rather effective. Um, you know, not every single, as everyone knows, not every scare can be a jump scare. You know, there's like the scariness of, of uh, anticipation. Yeah. And this one takes its sweet, sweet time. Never boring. Takes its sweet time. Um, uh, that's which is lovely. And I, I love that about this movie. Then once we get into the movie or into the action, let's call it into the alien is hunting everybody elements of the film. It just like ratchets up in your right breath. It is so quiet. And then the movie gets so loud. And by the end it is like hissing and beeping and, and, and uh, just like the whole entire ship is like the whole television is shaking um, and clicking and clamping. It's so loud and scary, and then of course, once you think she's back to safety again, um, the 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 alien the is still in hiding. Um, uh, just uh, very beautiful stuff. So I love um, the way this movie looks. Obviously, is gorgeous. We've talked about it, but you know what's so interesting about this movie is I feel like my major criticism and lots of people's major criticism of lots of major films these days is that we get these Fincher adjacent, cool tone, mm, yeah, flat yeah, ass, yeah, yeah. losery things in blue and gray well this film is in blue and gray and i didn't feel like that for one fucking second because there's depth there's depth to it there's there's some chiaroscuro to it there's there's like shadow and there's depth the problem with the fincher thing is not so much the color palette i'm realizing but the flatness of the the color the flatness of it it's so hard whereas in 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 uh alien it does have a cool palette but there is such a depth to the shots there's such a claustrophobia there's such there's such texture to the shots which offsets the coolness in in really exciting ways um so fincher wishes is what we're saying yeah well you know and then you exactly and ridley scott is obviously a five you know a hundred times better uh, director than than david fincher uh, could ever be but um this movie is like sumptuous and, and gorgeous and, and terrifying i love my, just a real quick one about a scare my favorite please, scare please, is please. when yeah what is, I, it? is it dallas is that the guy's name the main like the captain's name tom scarrett yeah when he gets eaten by the alien, like that flash of the alien, oh, yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. best one. Yep, yep. That is my favorite one. And it's it. like a boo. The alien's literally going like, ah! it, it, That is the best one. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it's it. Fu- it's almost funny if it wasn't so scary. And then, because um, it almost seems yeah. like the alien's having fun with them now. Like, oh, it's so cool. You know? it's and, so I mean, cool. even even when uh, when Harry so Dean Stan gets killed, the alien does, you know, much like Predator, there's, there's, a, there's an aspect of like toying with your prey before you eat it with the alien. The alien mm-hmm. seems to be... Um, Maybe adding like an extra degree of difficulty just to make it a little more fun. Okay. It's like this is too easy. He's I got, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got, I got to, I got to add like sort of. I got to get a little uh, baroque with this, mm-hmm. just so I just so I enjoy it. Yes. So it adds a little, you know, uh, complexity for me. Perfect organism. And um, the movie is is just uh, built that way as well. It's structurally so good. It moves so well. It's so scary. It's so well acted. I love that Sigourney Weaver is not the main character until really the end of the movie. You wouldn't really know yeah. that she's going to shake yeah. out to be the main character. Is such a although cool, her decision choice. early on, the decision early on to. Uh, She's the one, like the voice in the wilderness saying, don't let them back onto the yeah, ship. Yeah, definitely establishes her. Whereas everybody the, else, including mm-hmm. the robot, uh, Ian Holm, who we later find out, well, is a robot, and then find out that he has sort of, you know, essentially is like serving the interests of the company to bring the alien back regardless of the crew's safety. Um, uh, uh, but early on, everyone seems sort of like panicked and 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 this yeah. is really where that, you know, they don't flinch on that Sigourney Weaver character, which I love. I think they, they literally... 
what I love about it is they they literally it feels like they just switched the gender and left everything the same, left everything else the same. That there was again not this effort to be like you switch the gender, but then you're gonna get all the gender stereotypes piled into it. it. Literally, they just switched the gender, yeah. and it has like um and and the, the 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 character then is allowed, and Sigourney just kills it. I mean, is just always sort of this this figure of of poise and calm and foresight in the midst of. Uh, everybody else running around with their like you know chickens with their heads cut off basically, um, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I thought you know um, I don't know it's just such a good movie. Um, it, it's such a good movie. And there's two things. This is what I like to see in my movies. These inspirations, these threads coming in. Uh, Giger said that the the, the design of the chestburster was inspired by Francis Bacon's 1944 painting Three Studies for Figures at the Base of a Crucifixion. Um, Brian, can we find that? Francis Bacon, Three Studies for Figures at the Base of a Crucifixion. But we got Francis, Francis damn Bacon coming in here as an influence. High art. Uh, the screenwriter Dan O'Bannon, who we talked about, also uh, a very personal note here, credits his experiences with Crohn's disease for inspiring the chest bursting scene. So I guess Crohn's disease m- uh, must be uh, associated with with chest pains, severe chest pains, things like that. Um, so you have these like personal influences coming in. You have these high art influences coming in, and then you just have good old fashioned DIY filmmaking. In order to you know, all these things are handmade. All these effects are handmade. And said really, Scott is working hands on with the uh, special effects team, and they. They are using um, they're using like viscera from animals. They're using like animal eggs. They are using um, uh, let's see, uh, uh, and of course they didn't tell the cast for the chestburster scene that they were going to be sprayed with blood, and they didn't really describe what the alien was going to look like. So of course, you know, famously that that horror that you see uh, particularly on Veronica Cartwright's face was absolutely real. Cool. Um, and then, of course, we there's that famous. You all know this. There's that that you seen that picture that was going around Twitter for a while of like that early screening of Alien when the chest bursting scene happened. Let me show you this, and I'll put it on the camera. This is one of the the best things. Um, there was an early screening of Alien uh, that was like in a film journal or something, and uh, oh, my phone just died. Um, but um, basically, it shows. Uh, Everybody at the moment, everybody in the audience at the moment of the chest bursting scene, and everybody is going like, blah, blah, like various parts, blah, blah. And there's one guy who's just going, and he just has this like bizarre smile on his face, and he's loving it. And he's not working for the campaign of Smile. The movie. He might, that okay, might have been, he, the, that been maybe the that was yeah, the yeah. origin of Smile. All right, 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 right we got to see that picture next. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. here is. Uh, oh well, yeah, no shit. Look at that. There they are. Pro- That'll do. Proto proto xenomorphs. Cool. Uh, oh, Francis Bacon, you gotta love him. That's awesome. You gotta love him. Um, uh, yeah, so cool. He's got a couple at the Chicago Institute of Art. He's obviously got some at the Tate in London. Uh, <laughs> go see go see a Francis Bacon if you can. They are yeah. they are great. We already established how pretentious. You can't scoff at my Francis Bacon no, appreciation. Just, just funny listing museums that ha- house that Francis. I'm just Bacon saying thing. if like, you're in Chicago, like fucking, oh, yeah, yeah, go sure. to the. Sh- you if you're in think. France, you can go to the Pompidou. Well, my point is, my point mm-hmm. is that you would expect him to be at the Tate in London. That is understood. Did you know there was a couple at the Chicago Institute of Art? <laughs> I suppose I was not. pleasantly surprised. Uh, uh, yeah, I went in there and right. said, that's a goddamn Francis Bacon over yeah. there. Popular artist. But, you know, sometimes, I mean, you know how England is. They don't, they, you know, the only art they England. steal is, England, is, man. belongs to other people. Yeah. Um, so these, I can see it. I can see, obviously, Giger here inspired yeah. to create the xenomorphs. That's sick. Um, that's amazing. Brian, can you also find that picture I was referencing? It's like an early screening of Alien. Um, the chest bursting scene. It's a black and white photo, and one of the guys is like smiling. Uh, it was going around Twitter. That might be a place to find it. Uh, let's see, see see what you can dig up. 
Check out Francis Bacon. Check out Francis Bacon. And Michelangelo. And, um, yeah, but I I love that. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Francis Bacon, obviously, the, the man. Um, I love that. And then also the movie has a wonderful, um, you know, something I love about this movie is that, and we'll talk, well, actually, let me, one thing at a time. One is, just like from a, a political or just like a, a reading of the film via its, you know, the whole element of the company abandoning everybody is just like an amazing plot, um, an amazing thing to think about. And it's so not heavy handed in the least. This film does such like a perfect job giving you just enough exposition to be riding with the characters the whole entire way, to be on their side, to know about them. But like we don't really get any uh, of the baggage of backstory. We barely get the the baggage of um, lore, which is such a yoke around the neck of so much horror and so much horror reboots and so much horror sequels especially. But when you go back to these like canonical um, films that make everybody, you know, do a backflip, whether it's Halloween or Alien and even almost Predator, it's like the lore is so to the, you know, Hellraiser, any of your favorite things. Nightmare on Elm Street. The lore is like it's it's there's a line there, there's a line there. You can build upon it, but it's just enough for you to get into the world of the film. And Alien has to be the best example. There it is so lean, and it's just about the horror concept is the driving force of the film. In so much successful horror, when you just focus in on that horror concept and you just play that game uh, effectively. Uh, throughout the course of the film, you're so much better off than getting bogged down in backstory, lore. Uh, you know, no one's like saying here, like, oh, I mean, actually, it, and then we can read it ourselves. Like, we don't need to be told, oh, it's about Sigourney Weaver's trauma. We can go ahead and 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 do our own readings through our own lenses, and we don't need to be told, oh, this is actually uh, a critique of blank, or this is what what this and this and this is. It gives us plenty of things to nibble on. We can read it via a feminist lens. We can read it via sort of that class capitalist, anti-capitalist lens. We can look at it in a whole different host of ways, but it's not imposing any of that stuff on us. It is playing out its horror premise perfectly beat for beat, and that is enough. And it gives us just enough to nibble on all over. Same thing with Predator, and same thing with so many of our favorite horror franchises. So I just want to say that when people out there, you pick your horror premise and you play it out. I'm not, like, I like It Follows. It's good. It's a great example of a movie that just, like, it is going to play its horror premise out, and that's why it's effective and why people responded to it. There's very few movies that can do what Get Out does, where we are getting a big, I mean, that's not true, but I feel like so much modern horror now relies on uh, making sure we understand where the trauma is generated instead of just giving me the trauma and I'll bring my trauma to it and my lenses and stuff like that. I don't need your lore and I don't need you to explain it to me. Just play out your horror premise perfectly yeah. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Horror that's my plays on the subconscious, on the subconscious. I agree with Brett. Okay? Subtext, baby. And, and, and Alien, we, we can read it 12 different ways. It's 10 times more interesting than anything that's like, this film right, is about this, right. pre- what's, what's happening you gotta here? You got to see this. Okay, so, all right, Brian, can, just, you, can you zoom? that guy? Yeah, yeah, hold on, though. Can you <laughs> okay. zoom out real quick? Can you zoom out a little farther? I want to see the guy in the bo- in the bottom right as well, that Southern Baptist preacher-looking dude. 
Let's let's take a look at quickly everybody. So this this is a, an original before people knew what Alien was. This is an original. There he is. Original test screening audience reacting to the chest burster scene. The alien has just burst mm-hmm. out of John Hurt's uh, chest, and then we got this guy over here down in the bottom yeah. uh, corner being like, "Oh, I, oh, I don't like oh, this. Is not I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this at all." Oh. I don't. This is not. No. 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 Yeah, no, 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 no. 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 Then you got. Then a uh, woman next to him is just feeling very, uh, like a little queasy, saying, "Ugh, ew." Um, the th- the three in the back. I think oh, they're, they're, having they're, they're having fun. They're having fun. They're terrified. Like, oh they're, my god. They're having fun. They're all leaning into each other a little bit. Yeah, um, they're having fun at the horror movie. I think they're halfway between a scream and a laugh. I think they're just having a blast. Um, this uh, woman in the front. I think it's Agnes Varda. <laughs> is that the fam- famous director Agnes Varda? That's Agnes uh, Varda. I'm kidding. No, but it looks oh, okay. uh, it looks a little bit like <laughs> Agnes Varda, and she's saying she's saying, "Oh my gosh, oh my goodness." Uh, and then we've got this little this fellow. Yeah. What is this guy up to? He fucking what the loves hell. It. He's just that's that's the he that guy loves horror movies. It's not even an extreme reaction in the other direction. It's just sort of like a he's like mid chuckle. That's me. That's me at the movie. I just ah oh, yeah. He goes. <laughs> that's me. <what> he went. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're God. right. I guess he, he wasn't. Yeah, he, he he likes it enough. Yeah, he wasn't blown away. No, but, he's just like <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, that's what's terrifying about it. It's not like. Because you know these guys who do like performative laughter at horror movies, as though yeah, it's like give me a fucking break, give me a fucking break, right? That's not performative play, laughter. Yeah. That's like, that's like he literally like is just sort it. of like a, a lightly amused by it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's having fun at the movies, you know. If anybody can help us track this guy down, I don't know yeah, if he's still alive. I would love to talk to this guy. It looks like a looks like I a, would love like to a talk to this guy. Martin yeah. Scorsese in the in the seventies. I almost feel like he has like. Um, like he's not watching the movie. Like he's like his eyes are like like you know. I don't know when people are like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But it's almost like he's like not even in the same theater. It's like he's like in his own head or something, and he's like remembering. It's like he lost track of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just ate and the he's like, Yeah, yeah. He's just in bliss. <laughs> yeah, he's just sort of lost in his own thoughts. He's sort of like like you know. Sometimes you're in a movie and you just sort of the screen sort of blurs mm, and you kind of lose. Mm. Like I feel like he's sort of looking like off center mm. and is like thinking about yeah, like a yeah. great like a great uh, you know a great niswa salad he had one time or yeah. something. Yeah, he's just, just he's that, like oh, that, that was salad works. That salad was remember salad works. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. Remember salad. <laughs> That's, uh, I remember salad works, uh, but there it is. The uh, viral marketing for Smile began in uh, 1979. Got to check out Smile. All right, is that uh, have we said everything we want to say about Alien? Well, I mean, we could talk about it forever. I mean, we it's really it. it's as good it's, as it gets. But it's let, oh, fucking uh, but, Alien, baby, it's so good. Uh, Brett, as you and us, all of the fans uh, know. Yes. Our producer Brian is watching the films with us this month. Oh yes, yeah. Thank you very so much. So I would love to hear. Brian, somebody said the edible probably kicked in for that guy. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's like if the edible kicked in for that guy. He'd be like on the floor, though, don't you think? He, he would just be like, or he, maybe he just 1979 edibles. I don't yeah, know. Just yeah, are those out. stronger or less strong? I don't know. Uh, Brian somebody said that guy's a serial killer. Um, maybe he loved all the white, uh, quote unquote, blood. Um, Me too. Uh, Poochie Vince has got to go. Thank you, Poochie Vince. You are you are all star in the chat. Represent Poochie um, Vince, Brian. I want to hear, what did you... Is your first time seeing Alien? Second time? Uh, yeah, I had seen the chestburster scene, but I had not seen the movie before. Okay. 
So real quick, before we launch into your your, your review, um, where where are you on on just horror films in general? Are you a fan? Are you like you know where where are you? Yeah, I love horror films. Oh, you do love horror films. I okay, love great. Films. Hell yeah. What sort of horror film guy are you? Like na- like rattle off like you know n- no right. no pressure. Like a couple of your favorites, so we get sort of what flavor of guy. I you love are. Like, Queen of the Damned. I love like a slasher and okay. like Who Done It, and it's one of you know like I love all the screams. I love I know what you did last oh, summer, Halloween. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yes. Uh, I love. Uh, you seen Black Christmas, uh, Brian? I've not Christmas? seen that. Oh, no. you would love Black Christmas. Oh yeah, I fucking right. love Black Christmas. Good. Yep, it's good. Um, but I'm not a big uh, creature movie guy. Mm. And I was, oh, I was watching this with my lovely fiance, who is uh, also not a creature movie person. Wow. And, uh, so, so, so the vibes were bad. The vibes were not great. We both kind of came into it um, with a just... hateful vibe. to alien. <laughs> what, is, what does this mean? Not a creature. Like, yeah. are you? Are you? You? You look at it and you go, "That's not real. That's an alien. Yeah, that's not real. Really? I. I. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, you know. There's that believability thing where you know, like. I don't know. I mean, even stuff with ghosts or whatever, it's like, I can get behind that. For whatever reason, a big creature, an alien, I can't really, oh, I just can never get spooked. I can never buy it. But Brian, you know? the magic of the movies, and it's based on this Francis Bacon painting, and it's bringing visual art. <laughs> you can go to Chicago and see it. I was I, I, look, it, uh, you know, I, I didn't not enjoy it. Uh, I wrote down in my notes, Sigourney Weaver, yay. Well, yeah. Uh, that's kind of the only possible. And really quickly on Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. <What>? Um, <laughs> Uh, on a um, uh, listener, uh, Kaylee, who 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 uh, we just did Kaylee's pairing, uh, Ratatouille uh, versus Thief, uh, the Thief, the cook, his wife and her lover. Uh, Kaylee says, I, I read something about Sigourney Weaver not shaving her pubic hair when she was in her undies. Hmm. Um, Kaylee wrote pubes. Why did that change it to pubic hair? I don't know. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm, you're I'm, a prude. I'm, yeah, I'm editing. I, I guess I am. Some some weird instinct took over there. Let me start over. I just read something about Sigourney Weaver not shaving her pubes when she was in. Uh, it doesn't sound feel. Pubes. Pubes. Dude, you're just like, <laughs> what are you even like concerned I with? I just, I don't know. I just read something about Sigourney Weaver not shaving her pubes. It felt it felt better that time. I'm getting used to it. About it's not been, shaving it's her... been worse. The whole time you've been stretching it out and talking about it. I just read, fix it in post. Thank you. I just read something <laughs> about Sigourney Weaver not shaving her pubes when she was in her undies and they had to airbrush them out. I heard that too. I don't know if it's an apocryphal story or a real story, uh, but I did. Well. I did hear that. Uh, I'm going to choose to believe it. Uh, it feels. Uh, it feels real. Um, so if, when they say airbrush, did they like go into the film frames and airbrush the film? Well, or did I mean, they, like, only, like I think we're CGI talking about limited. Sort of, uh, I think we're talking like about limited physically airbrushing. I mean, how impossible? Limited number of scenes where she's only in her in her undies, yeah, right? One. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to. Um, uh, sometimes us ladies got a pube. Hell yeah, Jessica. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I apologize for it. Was more just the direct the pube cut. It was a phonetic something about the sound of it. I don't know. I was I was I was. Uh, I guess I just haven't said direct the word pubes the cut. out loud for a long time, and I just it was the shock of saying the word pubes out loud. But now I really like it. I'm gonna try to incorporate it into my <laughs> fuck. All right, Jesus. All right, so Brian, you don't like creature films, so you're out on Alien. Um, did you? So like what? So like did did, did nothing? Did, did it look cool to you? Yeah, yeah, it looked cool. It was a cool soundscape. Uh, I thought the acting was great, but I just uh, yeah, it's those creatures, man. They're just never as you know. You see the creature, and it's never. Quite you need a human as, killing a human, or else you're out. Or a ghost, or a ghost. Okay, you know, or a human or a ghost. Paranormal. It used to be a human. It's a very specific set of. All rules. right, all right. So you're just like, so you're just like, you watch Alien, you fire it up, and you're just like, well, I just know immediately, I'm not going to be interested or scared if this thing is a creature. I was trying to have an open mind, so but you if, know, I was the there. Alien like, was I, 
like a guy with like a big knife, like wearing like a big black like hood, like all around, dressed like an alien, like that. Like ah, would you be scared of that? Yes. Yeah, that would yeah. be scarier than alien xenomorph. Alien slash an alien slasher movie uh, is a hybrid that I could get behind. Well, that's, that's what alien that. is. That's yeah, what predator is too. But using yeah. like a slasher, using like classic slasher, slasher trope. Using, right, using, using a big knife. Using a big knife. A big knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big knife covered in blood. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, okay, beautiful. Uh, so, hey, Jessica, welcome to the chat. Thank you so much. Um, release the pube cut. I second it. that. Come on. Um, <laughs> he has fifteen cuts of Blade Runner. Can you just at least put one out where we? We can, you know, Sigourney Weaver can have her say in the matter. Ooh, uh, we have a, uh, what What if the alien is being, from the chat, what if the alien is being hunted by a human ghost, Brian? Uh, that's that, scary. Does you. that split the difference for you? Uh, that's a good yeah. one. Ah. He's thinking about so it. So wait, the alien is the, the alien's getting the hunted by a human the killer. the protagonist in this? Yeah, the, the alien is being hunted by a human killer. With, yeah, I guess I've never, I haven't really ghost. seen, other than E.T., I haven't really seen an alien as Just like a Just a yes protag. or no. It's an absurd okay, question. <laughs> Yes, yes, sure, maybe. Okay, all right, so the human, the killer has to be human. All right. Um, so, Brett, you cooked up a delicious little segment for us. I, got, no, I, no, I can't no, even, no, I can't no, even. He's done. I can't he's even, done for I the month. I can't even track that. Don't the, even the, fucking the, talk. The taxonomy so, me, of all that. Me, I don't know what. Let me guess. You didn't like Predator either because it was a creature. I, but I really feel like he has a clear sense. I thought he was making shit up, but then no, the amount no. of time he was like, he was like doing the equation in his head of what if an alien's being hunted he's by a ghost. He's honoring the question. He really, that's a really consistent uh a, a system that he has there for judging horror movies. <laughs> he, look, he bizarre. Doesn't, he doesn't like. Okay, so have you ever seen any movie that featured not a human killer that scared you? Like I don't know. Well, Let's, yeah, I mean we've gone over this. Yes, Paranormal. Uh, paranormal Activity. Uh, no, no, I'm saying any, like like paranormal type things. You know where it's like a, a spirit getting into your body. Right. Um, yeah, but ghost is the remnant of a human. It's not like it's like a like, like an exorcist. You know, it's not like Ghost Dog, which is a great film, not scary. But it's not, not like a it's not a ghost. You know, a ghost is almost always a ghost of a. It's implied that it's a ghost of a human, right? I mean, okay. you know, unless it's explicitly sure. stated, right? But like an um, exorcist or like a, a you know a Chucky, like a, a doll type thing, you, you know. Could yeah. be, because where's Chucky? Where's Chucky, Chucky on the Brian? Is that, into... a, is that a monster? Is that a Chucky's no, a, no, no. That's, Chucky's a creature. That's not a creature. It's a human put <laughs> into the, the body of a this? doll. <laughs> so it's a spirit. Yeah. Because so. because he's human. Because it has a human spirit. Yes. Honestly. I can it's weirdly consistent. That's the terrifying part. <laughs> I respect part about it. it. I, re- I like it. Now I now I trust and respect your opinion. All right, Brett, you cooked up a, it's a like fun- trying to read Hegel, trying to get don't, a track, of, trying to keep yeah, track don't, of that. Don't think about that too what much. The hell? Just, yeah, he's never. He's not scared unless it's human or pre-human or from a human, like Chucky, a ghost or a slasher. I'm foe. terrified that it all sort of checks out, though. It makes me feel like I'm we're in the presence of someone who's like really thought about this. <laughs> I want to play your dastardly little game. Okay, here we go. It's not a game. It's just, all right, here we go. All right, right, so that's Alien. What a movie. (laughs) Could anything beat it? Could Predator beat it? We'll find out. We'll see. Uh, But before that, let's uh, uh, introduce a little segment, a new segment called Hollywood Bites. Hollywood Bites. I forget how this song goes. Damn it. All right, let's try this out. Oh, the Silver Bullet Band, baby. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here's some Hollywood bites to give you Hollywood thrills. Because when Hollywood's right, 
You know it's Hollywood still! That's right, it's time for some quick bite-sized Hollywood stories, Hollywood lore. You know that feeling you get when you're thumbing through Kenneth Anger's Hollywood Babylon on the John and you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, wow, I didn't know that, oh, I do, oh my my, god. It's on my coffee Jesus. Oh, holy shit. Nothing like some quick Hollywood stories, right? Some quick little Hollywood lore, stranger than fiction. Totally out of left field, but also, yes. All these stories have to do with Predator as well, so oh, cool. I'm glad right. uh, I'm glad uh, that we waited on that. Um, I'm sure Alien has a lot of good stories, but I was reading, I was Pute. doing some, I was doing some uh, research on um, uh, Predator, and I was just like, holy shit. Holy shit! Every every just it has so many good stories. We have, it has its story. own, adjacent, but not, not even segment? necessarily. Some of them are about predator. Some of them are predator adjacent. You'll find oh out. God, Here we go. I'm, I'm gonna run through some folks. great stories. You're gonna, uh, uh, everybody, grab grab a, a glass of something and sit down by the fire. I'm gonna take you through some Hollywood lore. Hollywood bites. Hollywood bites. Yeah. Because here's some Hollywood bites right. to give you Hollywood thrills. Because when Hollywood's right, you know it's Hollywood still. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I heard. Uh, <laughs> What's the fucking facts? Kevin Peter Hall. Okay. Do you know who Kevin Peter Hall is? No. Well, you should because he played the fucking Predator in Predator. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kevin Peter Hall, se- guy's set, he's seven foot two. Very, what? Very tall guy. You're fucking me. No, Kevin Peter Hall. That's awesome. Seven foot two. He also played, he was sort of the Doug Jones of his era, right? right. Doug Jones, you, you, Pan's Labyrinth yeah. and Shape of Water and this and the that and the monsters and the creatures. Oh, I bet Brian hates Doug Jones. Yeah, you, Brian's not a Doug Jones guy. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> Kevin Peter Hall. Maybe if Doug Jones was playing himself and holding a knife. Right, or was wearing a white sheet yeah. and was going, boo! Yeah. Or we put Doug Jones's soul into like a body of yes. like a, a goat or some sort right. of a, a, a doll. Oh, Black Peter in the in the Vivitch. Yeah, when we watch the Witch, Brian, you gotta tell us if Black Peter scares you. That's a that's a that's the, well, that's the devil in a in a, in a goat. Right Kevin right. Peter Hall, uh, the original Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an interesting story about how he got cast as the Predator. He was not the original person chosen to play the Predator in Predator. Guess who was? You will recognize this name. Was meant to play the Predator in yes, the Predator costume? Yes, yes. Don't let seven uh, foot... Pierce Brosnan. You're not far off. Initials okay. J-C-V-D. Wow. Himself. Jean-Claude Van Damme he was the, the predator. original Damn. Predator. The yeah. original Predator. During uh, the developmental stage, the Predator was going to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, and he actually played the Predator for the first few scenes... Uh, but remained uncredited when the movie finally went to went to uh, theaters. The producers decided to recast the role with Hall so that the Predator could more convincingly dominate the film's human characters with its greater size. I think Jean Claude Van Damme is um um uh, how tall is Jean? I mean, he's not seven foot two. Wow. Um, he's uh, I'm, I'm gonna guess like two. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go guess five ten. Jean Claude Van Damme is five. Yeah, he's, he's one of the, he's like a Tom, five ten. I got it exactly right. It's incredible. Jean Claude Van Damme is five ten. First guess. Um, <laughs> the amount of little guess. wins this guy needs on this podcast. Yeah, okay, good job. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is 5'10". I mean, how many possible heights are there? There's quite a few. I'm enjoying your bite. Uh, so Kevin, so Jean-Claude Van Damme was too short to play the Predator, is long story. So they bring a seven foot two guy, which is kind of like, I will say, is sort of a mercy for Jean-Claude Van Damme because to hear that you were fired for being too short, but then they bring a seven foot two guy, you're like, oh, oh okay. I was oh, way too oh, short. Way too right, short. Was okay, I wasn't one. even on that, wasn't even yeah, the ballpark. Oh, sorry. Right. Oh, you wanted a seven foot yeah, two yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah not, my not, mistake. Yeah, it's clearly not me. Right. So kind of a mercy, I think, for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, he walked away with his Kind of funny, though. The Predator intact. is 
invisible 75% of the movie and then is in like one couple shots when he's like running. Yes. So yeah, yeah. kind of like of all the things the Predator is good at, I feel like him dominating over everybody else isn't like what I get from the Predator. Yeah, and also, uh, have you seen the the shoes that uh, Robert De Niro wore in The Irishman? Like you can fake or or like all yeah. the the behind the scenes stuff with, with the Hobbits right, where they're exactly. like they're like small you know, and yeah. big. right. Okay, whatever. Um, anyway, I whatever. Love, I, they very like, interesting. But look, I, that's what I like about Predators. They didn't have time for that shit. They were yeah, like, they're like, I don't like. No, 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 I got what a if? perspective. What? what no, like, give me a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. Give me a seven foot two guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then Hall also appeared uh, appears uh, in in the film unmasked as a helicopter pilot at the end of the film. So they, oh, gave fun. A little, they gave him a little Easter egg. They said they said uh, take off that predator costume. That's fun. Um, uh, much like uh, mystery, he showed his face. Not mystery. Who's the guy? Uh, dream. Much like dream, mystery did was a face the pickup reveal. artist. Yeah. Um, I think so dream was one of the pickup artists. Was part of that whole pickup artist crew as well. No, dream's a little kid that plays Minecraft. No, but I think that there was a guy uh, named Dream okay, who was cool. in Mysteries uh, pickup artist crew. Nice, nice. Correct nice. me if I'm wrong. Uh, so that's a number. Your first Hollywood bite. Uh, the Predator was originally uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, did I also mention that Kevin Peter Hall then went on to play Harry in uh, or Harry in Harry and the Hendersons? Harry, really? Yeah. So he he was the, he was the Doug Jones. He was the Doug Jones. Love yeah. that. He played Harry. Uh, he also played the Predator. Next up on Hollywood Bites, can we get a picture of John McTiernan, the director of uh, uh, our second two-time director on the pod? So John McTiernan directed. Uh, that's right. Our first was the director of Sweet Smell of Success and Last of Sheila, whose name is. No, I thought the first one was the guy who did the Sweet Smell of My Success. Oh no, no, Secret of My Success. Secret of My Success and Last of Sheila is the same guy, which yes. is insane. Uh, Herbert Ross. Herbert yes, Ross. Yes. Uh, so. John- not Cassavetes, not no. Fellini, who I haven't even done yet. No. <laughs> John McTiernan and Herbert Ross yeah, are our so first two-time directors. I love it. Okay. So John McTiernan uh, has Hollywood by the balls, baby. He okay. did Die Hard. He did Predator. He did Hunt for Red October. Yeah. He is in demand. Yeah. He is cashing checks and snapping necks. But he let his uh, his hubris uh, get away from him he a, died a little bit. He died on the BQE. Uh, no, that was Alan Pakula who okay. died on the LIE. Okay. Um, uh, and I did apologize for for insinuating that that was somehow cool funny. Uh, or fun. I didn't. I never said it was funny. I was sort of implying that it was badass, which it was not. Listen to the episode. Also, okay. I later found out that it was like um, this is so bad. It was like a Final Destination thing. Oh come on, Brett! Yeah. Would you leave this man alone? I'm sorry. Just let him rest in peace. I'm sorry. It, I already said he's he might be my favorite director of all time. Incredible the Paranoia trilogy. Pay tribute to one of the great American directors, Alan J. Pakula, Clute, Parallax View, All the President's Men, mm-hmm. in a row, nothing mm-hmm. in between. Mm-hmm. That is a run. Mm-hmm. That is a run. Mm-hmm. John McTiernan um, got in. Do you know who Anthony Pelicano is? No. Do you know who Ray Donovan is? Yes. Meet Anthony Pelicano, real life Ray Donovan. Okay. Anthony Pelicano was the most infamous fixer in in Hollywood. Okay. Here he is, right here. Look at this guy. Look at Anthony Pelicano. Oh no! Before he uh, cool. Be- before he went to, to the to the slammer for just an he insane. Went... Oh no no! Oh. So many crimes he got he got uh, Hollywood he got convicted is great. Of. So Anthony Pelicano was one of the most famous fixers in Hollywood, and um, he was doing dirty shit for everybody. Uh, but he finally got uh, um. He basically started. They they had a huge sting operation to bring Pelicano down because they knew he had his he had his hands in everything. Um, and as they start to bring Pelicano down, then all the dominoes start to fall. And if you were too close to Pelicano, you were going down too. <gasps> Guess who almost went down with Pelicano? Malkovich, a famous divorce case. Um, uh, Johnny Depp. Mid no. <laughs> 
mid nineties. Mid nineties. Who got divorced in the mid nineties? Uh, post uh, Hugh Grant. Uh, no, good guess. This is uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh. Tom Cruise almost went down oh. with Pelicano, but oh. he had a little buffer. It was um, his lawyer. His divorce lawyer hired Pelicano to wiretap Nicole Kidman. What? Literally wiretap Nicole Kidman. Okay, cool. And then uh, Cruz like was like, you know, he got his name in the papers, which you know is bad, bad for Cruz. But he because it was his lawyer and he had no knowledge I of didn't it. Know about that, please. Wow. Oh yeah. You, got, you also have no knowledge of where Shelly Miscavige is fucking exactly. buried. Yeah, of course. Um, but, but thank you for saving the movies. Anyway, uh, so. Pelicanos is Pelicanos is, is 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 it does whatever you need him to do dirty stuff. McTiernan hired him during what? the making what? of Rollerball, the remake of Rollerball. You know James Caan's famous Rollerball. They remember they uh-huh. remade it in two thousand. Yeah. McTiernan was directing, um, but he had been, had been in a disagreement. All of this over Rollerball, the remake of Rollerball. <laughs> he had um, he was in a disagreement with the producer Charles Roven. Um, and he hired Pelicano to wiretap. That was Pelicano's main trick, which is wiretapping yeah, people. Yeah. He hired Pelicano to, to wiretap the producer of Rollerball uh, and tried to, in order to, in, and they were going to try to find him saying like disparaging things about the studio. He's trying to get the producer of Rollerball fired. And so he hired Pelicano. Meanwhile, Pelicano was already the target of an FBI sting, which which McTiernan does not know. McTiernan gets uh, wrapped up on this, and then McTiernan, no. cover up worse than the crime, lies to the FBI. No. Lies to the FBI about this uh, um, Pelicano thing. He gets um, uh, basically a year in prison, um, and it was a cushy, white-collar prison in South Dakota, the hey, federal prison camp in Yankton. Um, it was uh, Forbes magazine named it one of the, America's ten cushiest prisons. Jesus um, Forbes, <laughs> Forbes, come on, come now. on, Forbes. Uh, but McTiernan's wife Gail stated that he found it hard to adapt. Boohoo. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, his McTiernan's supporters. This is so good. Created a free John McTiernan campaign page on Facebook, which <laughs> included expressions of support from. I'll get, there's two people I want to name here. All Several right, people. Two people I want to name. Yeah, go ahead. Paul Reiser. <laughs> Not Paul Reiser. Okay. Uh, uh, the director yeah. of Ratatouille. Okay, Brad Bird himself. Brad Bird. Good. And then the man who never met a, a white male criminal he didn't want to support, he didn't want to endorse. The man Donald who. Donald Trump? No. Oh. He played Donald Trump. Tried that. Johnny Depp played Donald Trump? Yeah, in that Funny or Die video. Okay. Uh, no, that's not what I'm thinking. He famously played Donald Trump on SNL. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. The, what's uh, his name? I have, you know, I have Phil... Uh, what's his... What's I'm not saying it. This is incredible. I'm not saying it. I forget his name. Yeah, I look and see him in my mind's eye. The Portly Fellow. No. Oh, who, who are you? The talking? famous guy who played Donald Trump on SNL. Oh, like, dude, I don't watch fucking SNL. Alec Baldwin. Yes, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Jesus Alec Baldwin. Christ. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Sorry, everyone in the chat's like, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin. Sorry, sorry. Alec, yeah, I forgot. Alec Baldwin played Donald Trump in fucking SNL. I, sorry. Jesus Christ. Mr. Baldwin Vadir. Thank wait, you. Wait, so this is about a Baldwin crime. Sorry, you're okay. burying the lead. So, bring it to me. Baldwin. Who was I thinking about? Baldwin My literally, whenever mush. whenever a, 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 like a white guy in Hollywood goes down, Baldwin is the first one. The first one on the yeah, Facebook support right, group. Right, he right, loves right. it. I, I he see, loves, I see loves now. it. Now he loves it. Right. Which, be, which, look, we can all admit at this point, right? What? Baldwin, what is in Baldwin's done some shit, right? Oh, the Baldwin, only, re- yeah. the Baldwin, only reason. Somebody. I mean, you're basically true. Sorry. But even before that, yeah, no, uh, he literally did kill somebody. I know, I, I know. But I mean, it's like 
she doth protest too much kind of thing. It's like it's like like the only reason on. you rush to defend. Yeah. He even at one point. I remember there was a point last year where he said they were going too hard on Trump for some stuff. Like he literally, the thought of he in his mind is seeing the dominoes fall and seeing himself in the row of dominoes. He basically, these feel like confessions when he comes out like so aggressively in favor of Woody Allen. I'm just, I I don't don't know anything specific. It's just like what else, what other motivation (laughs) would there be? It's like you don't gain anything. Like Woody Allen ain't making any more movies. So there's nothing to personally gain. The French one. Well, he said, yeah, yeah, the untitled untitled Paris Project. But guess who's not going to be? Well, actually, maybe Alec Baldwin will end up in that movie. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah, please. You walk into an empty room. You walk into like Studio B. It's completely empty. It's totally dark. And you just see a laptop in the corner. You're like, what the fuck? And you go towards it and you realize what's playing is Woody Allen's 50th film. And it just started. Do you. Wait, what's the set? The setup? All right, listen, listen. You have to listen. You walk into Studio B. Everyone in the building's gone. It's 7 p.m. And Amy. Studio B and Forever Dog Studios. Forever Dog Studios. It's it's late at night. You're leaving. You're leaving work. Amy said, Amy's away with Sandy. They're they're with family in Texas, and so you're all alone. 7 p.m. You walk into Studio B. It's completely dark, except there's a laptop in the corner. You go over to it. You peer over, and you realize Woody Allen's 50th movie just started. Do you A, close the laptop, B, watch the entire movie from beginning to end? Is it bootlegged? No, no, no. It's It's just... It's just playing real nice on the on a laptop. But I mean, is he benefiting financially from the from the movie? Is he? Like, you, you, you don't know. I don't know. I have no. It's, context. it's, play, it's just playing in the room. Do you watch it? I start to watch it. Yeah, you. Watch I start it. to watch it. You watch. It. I start. You to watch, watch it ten out ten. I times. start to watch it. You watch it. I mean, did you see? You watch it ten out of ten times. You saw that scene from Rainy Day in New York that was going around, right? Like the like the sidewalk. Like dialogue between Timothy. Sh- oh, like, I've seen like, Rainy Day. In these New York. movies are insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These movies are insane. Yeah, horrible. They're insane. Yeah, you got to watch. We don't have to watch, but they're crazy to watch. They're crazy they're insane. watch. They are they're crazy watch. watches. They're crazy they're watch. Crazy. He is, they're not, like, it is. <sighs> Folks, do you watch? And be honest. And Brett, wait, but tell me, sorry, what crime did, did, did John McTiernan commit with Alec Baldwin? They both were wiretapping somebody? No, no, okay, oh, no, no, oh, no, no. Sorry, take me so back John to the crime. McTiernan, sorry. John yeah. McTiernan lied to the FBI. All okay. he had to do was be like, uh, yeah, I hired Pelicano, and they like. I'm sure he could have get off, could have gotten off for just testifying against oh, Pelicano. He, defend, uh, he lied. He said I didn't, and then Baldwin just like got on the Facebook like, page and was like, and was like, free McTiernan, Johnny McTiernan, right? I um, this is like 2001, like 9/11 just happened, and Alec Baldwin is like going to <laughs> Alec Baldwin's big, big, you know, uh, big uh, cause celeb is is free John McTiernan for lying to the FBI about hiring a hiring a fixer to wiretap the producer of Rollerball in order to get him fired. I will say great cause that, that isn't as bad as. What Woody Allen did, but we can all agree on that. It's just and here's just, what I'll it's say: just silly. It's like why even? Why do you even care about this? It's it's because McTiernan's a great director. He was making the remake to Rollerball at this moment. His great, yeah, his no, his, no. his he, best days he, were behind you shouldn't him. Shouldn't defend criminals. All right, a couple other, yeah, a couple other Pelicano tidbits for you. A couple other Pelicano Lay crimes. On me. All right, so the um uh when the FBI was like the FBI was um circling in on Pelicano. Uh, I think okay. Here's the thing that ultimately got him. Um. On all right, but here all right. Oh, there's so much Pelicano stuff. A little teaser, a little tidbit. Um, there was a Hollywood Reporter editor um, that Pelicano had been like hired to intimidate because I guess she was writing unflattering articles about somebody. I can't remember who. Um, 
he he broke the windshield of her car and put a dead fish and a rose in the car along with a sign that said stop. <laughs> Jesus, this, fact, this really happened. Threat. This really happened. Bizarre and feckless. Um, he then, in November of uh, 2002, FBI agents raided the offices of Pelicano because a threat had been made against film producer Julius Arnasso, who was suing Steven Seagal. And then Steven Seagal, I guess, through a proxy, hired Pelicano to intimidate the film producer to not sue Steven Seagal. So literally everybody knew, like, Steven Seagal hired this guy. Tom Cruise hired this. Like, this was, was the, the guy. guy you hired. He was the guy. Um the F, this is the best. This is what Pelicano ultimately went down for, and then all the other crimes cascaded. But this was like the initial thing they like booked him on. Like, and this is like the first crime they book him on and like take pictures, you know, that whole The FBI agents raided his office. In his office, they found two grenades and military grade C4 <laughs> in his in office. In this guy's in office? In this office, like in the desk. In, like under yeah. the stereo system. Yeah. There's so a grenade. They heard, what would he possibly need that? They for? heard that Pelicano was maybe intimidating somebody who was uh, suing Steven Seagal, and they raid his office and find just military grade explosives. <laughs> <laughs> he goes down for that, and then they start to pile all the RICO charges and the racketeering and everything on top of that. Um, he also, though, worked with, he was like a domino effect. He was like working with crooked uh, cops at the in the LAPD who would like feed him like uh, uh, private records on people. Like he was so connected. Wow. Pelicano was like the fucking, he's Ray Donovan. He's the fixer. Wow. Um, Damn. Uh, and he almost brought down Tom Cruise, but uh, Cruise. Look, you can't. Well, Cruise was raised in the Church of Scientology. Don't he, try. He, he knows how to, he, he knows how to. He knows about uh, 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 plausible deniability. He knows how to add a little proxy, so you're not, you know, I didn't actually witness the torture of of Scientology uh, interns. You know, yeah. uh, I heard about it through the grapevine, and I don't like. I look, I you know, no, no, no. Right. Uh, but I wasn't there for it. Right. All right. That's some dumb Hollywood bullshit. Here is a uh, wait, real quick Tom Cruise yes, story. Please. Yes, please. Here's please. a text I got this week. Yeah. Source unconfirmed. But I mean, it's confirmed to me. Is this a Hollywood bite? This is about it's about Tom Cruise. This is a Hollywood bite. Here we go. Hollywood bite. Here's, here's a Tom Cruise story I heard this week. During the making of Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller, Tom Cruise, and some of the other famous guys were all hanging around together and talking about how sometimes they wish they weren't famous. So Ben Stiller says, "You know, sometimes I wish I could just go to a restaurant without any paparazzi or whatever." And then everyone ends up looking at Tom Cruise, the most famous person of all time. And Tom Cruise says, quote, yeah, sometimes I wish I could be a regular guy who can just go out to the ravioli store. <laughs> Wood bites. Yeah, it's a Hollywood bite. Um, and those Hollywood it's a true thrills. true story, folks. Because when Hollywood's right, you know it's Hollywood still. I got one more bite for you. The ravioli store is, that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's uh, it's real. Um, Elpidia Carrillo, who, um, what is her character's name in Predator? Um, I don't know. She is the woman that they uh, kind of run into when they raid. The, the only woman in the film. The only woman in the movie. Um, oh, my God. I'm so sorry, chat. I'm so sorry. Um, Elpidia Carrillo's character's name is Anna. Um, so, uh, Elpidia Carrillo, I was reading her Wikipedia page. Um, she was in Predator. She's actually the only actor in the Predator franchise who, uh, uh played a recurring character. She played the same character in Predator 2. Mm. Um, and that's a specific, that's an important point because, uh, Kevin Peter Hall comes back and plays a Predator in Predator 2, but it's a different Predator because the other Predator had died. So the only person uh, to play a, a loophole. recurring character in the franchise, Elpidia Carrillo, 
Uh, she also uh, was not. She was in the movie Salvador with James Woods pre uh, pre Crazy James Woods, or he was probably still. He was he was thinking it. He was at least thinking it. Uh, but she was in Salvador with James Woods. Uh, was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award, which yes, they were around back then. Okay. Um, uh, so really accomplished, great actor. She's done a lot of independent films, a lot of uh, independent Mexican films. Um, I was reading her Wikipedia uh, bio, and holy shit, buckle up. This is not a Hollywood bite. This is this is just. Um, this is just a uh, traumatic and tragic it's a Hollywood fright. It is a hollow. It, it's just, just, just. This is, this is, this is quite something. Um, oh, man, uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to commit the same error that I committed with Pakula and, and sort of. Um, it's not. It's not we're, we're about to, this, this is, not this is some serious shit. Right, this, this is, is some serious right. shit. Okay, what is it? Um, uh, Carrillo was born in Santa Elena, uh, Miahawkin, Mexico, a rural mountain town. Uh, she was one of eight children in a family of farm laborers. Her childhood was marked by violence and poverty. That's for sure. At the age of three, the age of three, her father was murdered, forcing her eldest brother to assume control of the family. Wanting Carrillo to get an education, he forged a birth certificate for her so she could begin first grade at age four. She begins first grade at age four because her brother forged a birth certificate after having taken over you know, uh, the, the head of the family because her father was murdered. When she was six, her brother was also murdered, gunned down outside Ugh, of a theater, right. and the family faced constant threats to their lives. When she was Ugh. 10, she moved to the town of Europin with an older sister where she dropped out of school and began working alongside her sister at a Chinese restaurant. This is at age 10. She was then later discovered by uh, a fashion photographer, Jesus, uh, and, then, um, and, then, and then sort of uh, made her way up. Uh, uh, up the entertainment ladder into movies, uh, and then was cast in uh, was in a bunch of Hollywood movies in the '80s, and then was in Predator, which was her most famous role. But I was reading this bio, and I was like, "Holy! You just watch these movies, right. you have no yeah, idea, right. no, 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 you have no idea. fucking clue." Damn, that's that's intense. Well, geez, Louise, I didn't, yeah. I did not know. She's fascinating though. Watch, look up uh, YouTube interviews with El Padilla Carrillo, someone who is not really just like ever talked about. I feel like or ever mentioned, uh, but was in some big movies in the '80s. This one most namely was also did you know um some more critically acclaimed stuff and then has worked a lot of in independent films um so uh, look up some interviews with elpidia carrillo she is she has had obviously a tragic traumatic life uh but is a really fascinating person to to listen to um uh so shout out elpidia carrillo yeah. um wow. uh so that was that was not so much a hollywood bite but um Are you just sing the theme stories song now, like an outro? i don't think so i don't you're not gonna, you're not gonna give us the outro doesn't really that. fit um, well, since those well, those were great bites. Thank you. Uh, so, should we get into Predator? This is what I've been yeah, waiting what'd you for. What do you think of the flick? How many How many people are hanging out? We still got eighteen people. We're hanging out. Eighteen people. Tell me what, or do you want me? To, or how do you want to do? Do you want to tell me about Predator? All right. Should, I Brian to... did not like the Predator. The Predator is a creature, though he has yes. uh, he's bipedal and he has got two arms and he is played by a human. Now, if a, if a human is in the costume, Brian, sort of like a spirit, does that scare you? I'm sorry, the ravi. I, I didn't. Re I didn't react loudly enough to the ravioli <laughs> story. That is so funny. Um, that, that's a great question, Joe. I, yeah. I, I don't. Um, that's so funny. It doesn't scare me, but I do appreciate that. I, I was literally just talking to my buddy Chris Fleming about uh, how if comedy kind of starts not not working oh, out. Name for drop. It. Well, sorry. Okay, you know, pick that name up, Brian. Look, uh, uh, what's the guy? Doug Jones. Y yeah. We we were saying. Um, 
we should, you know, if comedy starts not working out for Fleming, uh, he should kind of tr- start trying to get cast <laughs> as, as, a, as, as like the next Doug Jones type type uh, you yeah. know, creature play because he can Fleming move really weird. That, that's a fluid, lanky boy. That's a real fluid, Fle- lanky boy. Absolutely. There, he, yeah. he, he's gotten. He's when he dances, he he gives me the frights. You know, in, oh, it's, in, it's in a funny way, but yeah, he, he, also, he, he could do his little creepy thing. But yeah, um, he that's can a start great being idea. creatures. So, so I do appreciate the uh, the man under the costume. No, I'm okay. not. I'm not scared though. No. Okay. As much as I would like to see Chris Fleming transition into a Doug Jones uh, yeah. career. Uh, that that right there is one of our great comedic minds working today, Chris Correct. Fleming. I would love, love, love for him to come on this podcast. Well, Just throwing it out there. That'd be, that'd be awesome, obviously. Big fan. Um, now, Predator. Okay, this is all right. This is the main event. This is what I've been waiting for all week. Because, like I said at the top of the uh, of the of the podcast, no film has surprised me more during our Bergman's run. Uh, uh, then Weekend at Bernie's, right? Very first week and Predator. Yeah, I was coming into this week saying slam dunk win for Alien. No <laughs> way, no way around it. No way Predator because not just almost regardless of the quality of Predator, it was uh, I know my personal aesthetics and the one thing my least favorite type, particularly when it in, when it encroaches into sci-fi. My least favorite type of sci-fi movie is the lock and load militaristic sci-fi. That's why I think James Cameron fucking ruined the Aliens franchise with with Aliens. Um, and of course, there's that old story where he went up to the chalkboard and he wrote it and he wrote Aliens and then he wrote the dollar, made the S into a dollar sign, baby. Good for you, Jimmy. You know how to make a buck. But as they say in Citizen Kane, it's not hard to make a lot of money if all you want to do is make a lot of money. So, good for you. But I, I and look. It's almost like. You can discount my point of view because what I'm telling you okay. is it's purely a subjective aesthetic, you know, whatever uh, choice that I just do. I don't like when the the big guns come in and they're cocking them and everybody's militaristic and they're and they're and they're you know back slapping okay. and like lock and load, right? That's that that that's, that's, that's sum, that summons a whole a whole style sure. lock and load, right? So coming into Predator. No movie ever has been more lock and load than Predator, right? It They're coming in on the helicopter. Fest. Testosterone fuel, right? Uh, so much so that the famous meme, can we recreate the famous meme? No, but we'll try. All right. <laughs> Wait, somebody's got to... It's in the middle. The in meme the middle. is in the middle. <laughs> Maybe we can add the meme in. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah Brian, pull up the meme. Pull up the meme, please. Pull up the meme pull for the everybody, meme. Brian. Um, Thank you very much. But it is, I mean, no movie has ever been more more lock and load, you know, militaristic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, than, than, than Predator. They're coming in all of these, you know, the best that the special forces have to offer, the absolute best from yeah. all over the place. They come together for this one mission, and they're saying shit like, hey, Colonel, I haven't seen you for a while. And, oh, they're doing I the, heard about that job you pulled in Berlin and all this fucking bullshit, they're doing right? All that, yeah. They're doing all of that. And so early so what on— what you're thinking to yourself, uh, here. Here we go. Early on, I'm like, I'm like, even early on though, I was. It, it's so it's over the top. It's ridiculous. I'm like, I fucking love this. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's yeah. so kitschy. Yeah. It's so over the top awesome. that it doesn't really believe in itself. Right. It's when it's like when in Aliens, when Cameron believes in it and thinks he's making like the next great. You know, he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna one up Ridley Scott here, right? That, let's, that game. You, you talk about it, but right. we, we'll do Aliens another fine, day. Fine, yeah, fine, fine, fine. By, by all means, but enough, yeah, yeah. enough about Aliens. Right. But here, though, it almost doesn't. It's, it's, it almost feels like it's setting up for a different game. And I started to like, I was like, I was like, this is so silly and so campy, um, and like. Them, they're not just like look at this shit. Yeah. That's a still I. That's a still frame from the movie. Yeah, it's awesome. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers are, they, are just like greeting each other, like and they do this high five. They do really this, this, awesome. this 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 like hard cut, this smash cut to their biceps. It's incredible. Yeah. And so I'm like, They're God, so I actually, strong. I kind of like this. It's so, it's just like watching. It's like professional wrestling. It's mm-hmm. it's like it's so, and of course Jesse Ventura is in it, um, but it has a sort of professional wrestling sort of feel to it. Um, but then you get like. Like, oh, like extreme gore, like real fucking gore in this movie, like real oh, ass, God. like alienating gore. When Duke dies, alienating and gets his head gore. Blown off oh my is God, so, so wild. And that character is like, we've been through with that character, right? <laughs> yes. But before that, when they come across the green berets that have been skinned in the woods. Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm like, Ooh. but then I was like, because then I was like, wait, like, I thought, like, because early on you're like, this is like clearly like a pro-military, like militaristic fucking movie. But then I was like, no, I've never seen soldiers like, like dehumanized like that. Like where they just show the green oh, berries yeah. like skinned, and I'm like, wait, what's going on in this movie? What is happening here? And then the scene that like, so I'm like already like, like, I thought I had my, I thought I thought I had Predator figured out coming in. I had no idea what I was in for. And cool. the scene that really cemented that for me was maybe one of my maybe an all-time favorite scene for me now. Um, because there's there's the one big shootout at the like at the like um insurgents camp which so is funny. insane it's yeah. like it's borderline it's like um a spoof it's, it's a cartoon. it's a spoof it's a cartoon yeah. right it all comes in slow motion mm-hmm. um they're just like firing the most insane collection of elaborate guns and artillery you've ever seen in your life things are blowing up but it's all in slow motion and it's just it's it's a it's a straight cartoon. It's Looney yeah. Tunes. It's it's pure. It's just it's just silly. Um, and, and it doesn't have any of the gore that was it. like it just it it literally cuts to a cartoon for a second. But then the predator, um, the predator starts picking them off right in the woods. Right. Um, he uh, and this is right after he he kills that one guy and then he blows a hole through Jesse Ventura's chest, right? From above. He has like a laser guided cannon. He blows a hole through Jesse Ventura's chest. Um, and then Bill Duke comes out, who you just referenced. Bill Duke comes out. Duke's incredible really actor, good Incredible fucking movie. actor. Bill Duke has never been better. Never been He's out. so good in the movie. Bill Duke is sort of the one who like kind of goes off the deep end and like because he's the one who sees the predator. He's the only one I guess yeah, who yeah. sees the predator early on. And so he starts to like really lose it out in the woods. And it's very apocalypse now. He's like, you yes. know, Dennis Hopper at the end of Apocalypse Now, just seeing things in the jungle and all this. Um but after uh Jesse Ventura gets gets killed, um Bill Duke sees the predator running away, kind of sees that outline of the predator running away. Um because the invisibility is not like perfect you know so he sees like a little outline of him and then he starts firing that that like gatling gun thing into the woods (laughs) all the other guys show up right and without any question or anything they just start firing the most insane guns you've ever seen into the woods so you have four or five guys all lined up the biggest fucking macho military guys ever shooting the biggest guns you've ever seen into the woods (laughs) into the forest at at nothing and literally an invisible enemy and they are just, they're shooting the guns so intensely that trees are falling down. The whole, they are shooting the jungle down. They're literally shooting it, and so trees are falling down. Bushes are falling down. Everything, they're shooting the jungle to pieces. After 
they don't even know what they're aiming at. They, like the enemy is literally invisible. Only one of them have seen it. Everybody else is just it's just a a, a, a cipher, a nothing. But they don't care. They're sh- shooting regardless. And I was like. I don't at this point intention doesn't matter. There's a point particularly in mainstream movies where the director's intention stops mattering because what has been created is such a potent image and is such a potent symbol. And I was like I have never I don't know if I can think of a of a more potent like satire of American militarism than this scene of these like the best of the best right the best of the best in this jungle in Central America shooting into the woods at something that they don't know but never at any point do they stop shooting they just shoot until they have no bullets left and then literally the jungle is just destroyed in front of them and I was like that was a hell of a fucking scene. Yeah. That was a surprisingly good scene. Yeah. And again, I don't even know. John McTiernan could have just been like, we got some ammunition. Like, do the, another gun thing. No. Do another gun thing. But, but I don't think so. No, this is the guy that makes Die Hard. No, this, this is legitimate. It's a very intentional. It is a, this movie. movie, I think, is a, much like Weekend at Bernie's surprised me with its satirical yeah edge with mm-hmm. its satirical sort of the satirical daggers under the surface of it. Mm-hmm. I think Predator has a sharper satirical edge than it gets credit for. And particularly at the time, if you read the reviews at the time, everyone was just like dumb action movie, dumb action movie, dumb action movie, dumb action movie. Roger Ebert liked it, but he he was just like good action movie. He didn't like mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I think there is a real a real satirical underbelly to Predator specifically about um, American uh, uh, militarism, particularly in the 1980s, Cold War era, when all of these um, sort of off-the-grid operations were going on in these parts of the world. Um, I think there is something to be said about, yeah, about American interventionism, American uh, militarism, um, and this that it is this sort of hunt for an invisible enemy, an enemy that you literally can't see, that you that you don't know, but that you are shooting at nonetheless, and you're shooting like into nothingness, shooting down the fucking forest, right? There's something in there about like the missing the forest for the trees or something, but it's like, it is a really poignant scene, and at that point, the movie really turned for me, and I was on board for the rest of it. Even when it, in the third act, when it just becomes this sort of like mano a mano Schwarzenegger versus the Predator. At that point, the themes had been established so well that I was just I was just enjoying the ride at that yeah. point. But it didn't. It never. It got. It gets dumb at points. It never got so dumb that it undermined the points that it had already established in the movie and the scenes that it already that it had already devised. Um, I think this is was a, is a surprisingly and 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 um, I think this is a surprisingly smart movie. A surprisingly a visceral movie, a surprisingly, um, uh, um, uh, it's a surprising movie. I was surprised by it. The the, the reputation yeah. it has in culture, uh, in popular culture, is not really. And I think, of course, like Alien, like Predator, this is my final point I'll make. A lot of that reputation has to do with this massive franchise that spawned off it, right? And all these sequels and blah, blah, blah. But it's a very similar experience to going back and watching Alien, which also had a big franchise. A very similar experience to going back and watching a very similar experience going go going back and watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, which also had this big you know franchise. Same as going back and watching the original Hellraiser, right? These big horror franchises, you begin to think of them as these sort of commercialized, schlocky. Um, you know, uh, they're just gonna, they're just gonna, you know, they're just gonna keep pumping them out as long as they can, as long as they make money. But then you go back to the original one, and it's always 
smarter than you think it is. It's always sort of more like coherent and like focused than you think it's going to be. It's yeah. always a little more like creative than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And Predator, for, for whatever reason, I thought was not going to be in that lineage. It is Predator is in the lineage of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Alien, uh, uh, Hellraiser. These like massive franchises, Halloween, these massive franchises where the original movie is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. I, I, um, I agree. I think that it works insanely well as a critique of, you know, uh, American colonialism in the Reagan era in Central America, although it really does feel Vietnam-y movie-y, which is fun and, and sort of like resonant for the, the films in the Vietnam sort of canon. But even in Act 3, when it's just Schwarzenegger versus Predator, um, I really enjoyed the the his McTiernan's action making craft is so good. So, he sets yeah, up. So he precise. sets up his. Um, you, you, you're never lost. It's very quick. He really sets up the stage so you can enjoy all the twists and turns. You can really follow the action while still making it scary and um, exciting. Um, it he is really like a expertly done sort of action movie. I like both these films because they're both horror movies, but you know, this one is horror via an action movie and alien sort of horror via sci-fi movie where you're sort of like in horror but you're sort of outside of horror. It's they both sort of follow these slasher-esque trajectories where the the demon, the villain is picking off our cast of characters yeah. one by one and really interestingly in Predator having Arnold Schwarzenegger be the last girl is just like yeah. an amazing yeah. sort of um subversion and an exciting subversion and Schwarzenegger is excellent in this movie um and McTiernan really gets the best out of him and um they really put together like a cohesive uh, action movie that zips along it is like deliciously yeah. violent and 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 incredibly political but uh cartoonish um um, in a way that is very enjoyable. I don't know if I've uh, ever seen anything like it, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Ve- it's a very unique blending of these different styles, like you're saying. It is. Um, and can I hit one sure. thing real quick? Um, the the Schwarzenegger thing is is very interesting because I was watching some behind the scenes like makings of of Predator and. And of course, you know, Bill Duke and all these guys, they have to say, like, oh, it's great working with Arnold. Yeah. He's so professional. But they would show, they were showing, like, behind the scenes footage of Schwarzenegger and McTiernan, like, blocking out some of the action scenes. And Schwarzenegger is like, and this is like, he's done Terminator. He's done Conan the Barbarian. He's like into short, he's mm-hmm. in, he's getting into A list, you know, realm, if not there already. Um, he is like so invested in and interested in the dynamics of like blocking out these action scenes and in where the camera is going to be. And you just see like, it's just, you know, now you think of this guy as like famous beyond famous and can't be bothered and this and that. But like, it was so interesting to see Schwarzenegger at a point where he was like in love with movie making and like in love with the process of movies and like watching him like, cause I just never think of him in as having ever been, you know, at that stage. But of course he was, right. of course, like, you know, um, you know, I mean, he was, he was a, Bodybuilder who became the like the biggest movie star in the world. I mean, of yeah. course, there had to be this this on set work ethic that you see that I was watching in these behind the scenes where he is like truly, truly, deeply, deeply invested in the process of making the movie. He is not like call you know in my trailer, call me when it's my time. He is like he is there with McTiernan, blocking everything out, asking questions, trying to figure it out, like trying to like you know. Um, uh, collaborate and add things where he can. I mean, I was just it was just very interesting to see Schwarzenegger. 
uh, as that kind of an actor because um, it feels like it's been so long yeah. since he's been you know there. And the results yeah. are, are there on the screen. Yeah. And his like cartoonish body is such like uh, all of theirs. Carl yeah. Weathers is jacked to hell and back in this film, and it really lends itself to the sort of politics that Brett is talking about. And it really, I find it, upon a rewatch, is like quite on the surface and really expertly yeah. done. So I mean, I, th- I was I was surprised in the sense I that was, I liked it a lot more than I I loved liked it. This. Well, I it was, loved it was it. freaking great. Yeah, it was really um, really good movie. And then there's a lot of um, I guess we don't yet find out. We don't find out. It's hinted at, but we don't find out until Predator Two. That the predators are bounty hunters. That like it's the, it's the most dangerous. It, this, is, game. this is what I was talking about earlier they with come, lore. It's yeah, like yeah. the like and you were kind of get you yeah. just gave a, a similar I, these original ones. They don't need yeah. any of the bullshit. Yeah, they're just they're sticking to their horror premise yeah. and they're going to do it expertly. And that's yeah. always satisfying. And I like I like just the hint of because I feel like when that reveal happens in the second predator, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of like. Okay, that's just like putting a word to something sure. I felt instinctively. Yeah, um, but in the first one, you feel it instinctively. The predator, because remember when mm-hmm. the predator, I think when you see it is when the predator has Arnold Schwarzenegger dead to rights, but then like senses a sort of equal, and then remember takes off his like armor and then like yeah. just like fights. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was like, good. Yeah, yeah. Was great. there's so many like like the little the development of the predator character. Brian, this might be like. Yeah, Brian, did you like Predator? I liked it more than Alien, yes. Okay, just right oh, out of the oh, gate. Oh, crap. Right the, oh, I mean, I shouldn't have. Right I, out of the I, gate. Right, well, there we go. I no, said look, it. Wild. Look, look we're, at, we're at that part of the Yeah. We're at that part of the Oh, my God. We might have a massive upset. We're at, we're at that part We might have a massive Hold on, massive hold on, hold on, hold on. Joe's freaking out now. He might Stop. He's seeing the way the wind is blowing. It's ridiculous. Let me you look. might have just watched <laughs> Alien for the last time. Fuck off. I... I will never quit the podcast. I'll do it till I fucking die. And if, if Alien goes in the trash can, I won't watch it. I'm going to be honest with you. No, okay? well, I, let, let, all right, fine. I'm glad that we all re-enjoyed The Predator. Let's take and fucking hold on a second. All right, Brian, what the fuck, first of all, for starters. Second of all, okay, fine. First of all, first, it's only fair. Brian, give us your piece on, on Predator. Um, okay, let's see. Well, I wrote down, I really, uh, I loved the... notes? Yeah, yeah, I took notes. Uh, I love the big pussy jokes. I thought that's like okay, a fun, all right. That's a fun way to. I make... can't watch Alien. Alien, because you like the pussy jokes in Predator. Okay, what's next? Yeah, that's like right. a, a subtle way to make a small dick joke. Um, I thought, and I thought the guy playing it was really funny. So I like that. Um, there was a point was after a after the second joke where they cut to the Predator, and it sounded like the Predator was laughing at the joke, <laughs> but he was just like. <laughs> Hearing, it's like the way he hears them laugh. It's like, uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. But I was like, Predator, Predator liked that joke. Yeah, yeah, Predator loved that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't love it, but you know, I don't love a creature movie, but I do love camp, and I, I found this to be like kind of campy. You know, like you guys are saying, well, cartoonish. You know, it does it all, baby. It does camp. It does. Yeah. It does hard satire. It does gore. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's my review. The, the stunts, the special effects, the score, the three S's. Joe's realizing. Joe's the chat. The chat is with <laughs> stop, you, Joe. But stop, this ain't stop, about the chat. Stop, this is about the. Stop, this is about stop. Brett right. and, and Brian, Arnold Brian. and Carl. Just, just. I mean, what a team there. Guys, and stop. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Brian, continue. Thank you. Very no, that's much that's for it. That's I, that's my I, review I, essentially. Yeah. Here is what I will say. Here is what it comes down to for me. Okay. Here's what it comes down to for me. It's ridiculous. The the this is fucking stupid. Not you, Brian. I appreciate you. There is a I'm mad at Brett. Yeah. There is a a a a hyper hyper competency to Alien. It is. Every it is all of these masters at the very beginning of their mastery, the first expression of their mastery. Um, uh, of course, Ridley Scott, H.R. Uh, Giger, um, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, everybody, everybody is it, there. Is a there? It, it is just such an exquisite movie, and they're pulling in the highest influences from Francis Bacon on is, down, right? Okay, right. Yeah. But uh, what? 
there is something to be said for just like the like that's a pleasure. That's a form of cinematic pleasure. Watching just hyper, hyper, just just every but just exquisite, exquisite fucking art in Alien. That's a certain type of cinematic pleasure. There is also the cinematic Don't pleasure. Do this to me. There is also the cinematic pleasure of the chat hates this. The chat hates where chat. this is going. <laughs> Thank you, chat. There is I am being honest. There's also I a, there's that, a cinematic I'm, I'm, pleasure to um surprise and chance and no. seeing something that like no. the unexpectedness right. the unexpectedness of of uh, like a rarer it's a rarer experience it's a much rarer experience and it is a gem of an experience when you go into something and expectations are part of the impression so your expectations tie into your impression of the thing there is something to be said for i don't know what i alien is a masterpiece I get how Alien was made. I get, I, I get the I get it. I couldn't. Have, I'm not saying I could have done it, but I can. I can. I get the influences and this and that. I get what I was going for. I, I kind of under. No, say your <laughs> stay your stupid piece so I can retort already. I'm just the chat is like uh, is chat. <laughs> please, this is so stand tough. stand up for. Are they tough. turning on me? I can't. But look, <laughs> no, I can't. Brian, you 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 Brian. Your opinion is is beautiful. I love your opinion. I'm grateful for it. We also haven't decided but, if if I'm going to be the tiebreaker. Well, you guys yeah, have been doing no, it a certain uh, way. Wait, wait, I don't I, think it'd be I, fair. I, to... I am not convinced that Brett's going to pick Predator at the end of this yet because I haven't said my piece yet. But go ahead, Brett. There is, Alien is a is a is ultimately a a a masterpiece. It is a is a is a masterpiece that I can comprehend. Predator, oh, no. I was. Predator is. I'm still. This is what I get. Predator, this is what I get. This is the sins. This is my. This is my sins coming back to haunt me. This is. Predator, this is. This is me. This is fucking McTiernan coming back to murder when I fucking hey put John Dillman in the fucking trash yeah, can. You put McTiernan. You because already put McTiernan you, in the can. Know, Why not put him no, in there twice? No, because he doesn't deserve it. Because Alien is better than Predator. Alien is better than most movies. Alien is as as really as good as uh, uh, as any space movie but can this be. This is this is what we do in this. It's about what is good. What does it mean to be good? I'll tell you okay. what is good. Uh, right? Alien is good. Pod- and Predator is good too. But uh, let, let me explain. Let me let me remind you. Of but a there things. is a there is a Brett. bizarre Brett. absurdist magic no, at work you're, in you're Predator. You're making a mistake. There is a bizarre absurdist magic at work in that movie that I cannot put my it's finger a really, on. It's not absurdist. And that is a rarer. Is a, just a that is a rarer. Film. No, it's no. There are in they they indulge in some. Weirdness in that movie. They indulge in some real weirdness and they sit with it. They fucking sit with it. Oh no. Listen, Brett, for real though. Brett, come back. Come back to me for one second. All right, look at the chat. All right, look, everybody who, listen, balls and strikes in the Amy chat. Amy says Predator's a great movie, but Alien is objectively a better movie. Of course it is. Objectively. Brett, Brett hold on, stop. I look. I appreciate that you enjoyed your rewatch of The Predator. That's kind of the point. It, it is objectively a better movie, but we are. Being subjective on this podcast, I, I enjoyed Alien more, as as well. Fine, okay. Listen, the Joe's trying to persuade me. This has never happened on the podcast. You are, I can see it. you are like I, I, you are I, like. I think you're wrong. You're so scared right now. You're like you're like you this are wrong. like this is fucked up. You're like Paul this Newman. Stupid. Paul Newman at the end of the verdict, trying to get a trying to get a settlement out of the jury. You are so terrified that you're not going to get your money. Come on, come on. Maybe maybe have it in you. Maybe you have the words to sway me. I think I I think I do. Go ahead. Go ahead. I will if you sway me, I will be swayed. Predator is 
first of all, derivative of Alien. Okay, it came out like ten years later, right? They've, they, it's, it's, it is Alien. It's yeah, just Alien man, in the Jungle. The so mandibles. On. Wait, even worse than that. The mandibles were literally thought up by James Cameron when he was with Stan Winston on a plane right. coming into Hollywood. Right. James Cameron was like, "You know what I want to see is," uh, and he's like eating chicken wings yeah. or something. I want to see a, a monster with mandibles. <laughs> It's just a good he's idea. A, he's no, currently yeah, working right. aliens. No, it's a good he's idea. throwing out ideas for Predator, whatever. Okay. Doesn't matter to me. So, that doesn't matter to so, me. That doesn't and matter. The fact that it's derivative doesn't matter. Because alien's fucking derivative. The screenwriter said it himself. Fine. He said, I stole from everybody. Fine. But Predator literally is alien. And it is wonderful because it is a very technically well-made action film that is really effective, gory, hammy in the right ways and fun. And it does have like a nice political sort of like angle that you can read into. But there are a couple actual components of the film that aren't as good as Alien. First of all, Alien is a more gorgeously composed um cinematic work from the photography to the sound design to the costuming and and even to the creature making I like Predator and its hokiness and I enjoy that it looks like I'm playing fucking Atari and you can pretend you're a little kid again or whatever but let's like fucking grow up and be honest the 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 xenomorph and alien is an absolutely expert first of all it's an expert piece of craftsmanship but it's also expertly deployed as we sort of just breadcrumbing ourselves to finally seeing it in its full form, just seeing different components of it as it grows inside the spaceship is totally excellent. And then also the movie is just more poetic and more interesting and, and, and more brilliant. For the way that the cat is sort of juxtaposed to the alien, two creatures sort of trapped in a ship that are totally separated from the humans and their sort of bumbling, you know, uh, fear-driven ways. They're both, the cat and and the xenomorph are totally divorced from human sort of folly. And that's sort of what the AI points out, is that it is a perfect organism. This, and then then the cat is sort of uninterested in the alien, the alien sort of uninterested in the cat, and the humans are caught up in in their wicked ways. And, and, and their their dealings in that is a beautifully done juxtaposition and is so interesting and, and resonant. The cast of the actors in Predator are wonderful. Duke and Weathers and Schwarzenegger are all awesome in a movie that shouldn't have been as good. It really, really is. But in Alien, these are expert craftsmen and women making this film from Sigourney Weaver to Harry Dean Stanton et al. Um, to to Ash, the you know the the AI character. How about that shot of his face, broken from his body? Thank you, broken from his body, sitting there, um, covered in his white blood, which is you know gross and and the way he sweats with that white blood and the way his whole storyline is doled out and just the creeping dread the think of those shots when the spaceship like you've like you alluded to the big vastness of space the emptiness of space how we're so small um in it and how we are going to be replaced by our capitalist overlords or by or by the aliens that that they bring to our our our, our um uh, our shores the, um the movie is um just you know, frame for frame, stunning. They just do not make them like that anymore. And for you to look me in the eyes and tell me that you're going to put Predator, a very good, fun movie that I like very much, is better than Ridley Scott's Alien. <laughs> you know, it's just offensive to me. So you know, we can. Um, I'm going to say two things. We can. Yeah. I'm going to say two things, and uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to say two things, and I'm going to then I'm going to uh, uh, make my choice. Okay. Number one, I think it is a watching Predator versus Alien made me realize this. I think it is a fallacy to make 
um, control synonymous with art. That that the idea that uh, having an exquisite high level of control over every aspect of everything to the point where you know the influences and you know the execution and you know this and that, that control, because clearly Alien is a more controlled movie that is a, that, that is able to control its um, effects exquisitely. It is a movie that is very in control of what it's doing. I think, though, seeing Predator against Alien, it's a fallacy to assume that control is synonymous with, um, with artistry. Uh, it can be. But equally, if not more interesting than control, is allowing, occasionally letting the movie to get out of your control a little bit, allowing a little bit of chaos in, allowing a little bit of a scene where you don't, you have a subconscious sense of something interesting is happening, and I'm just going to let it happen and let it play out. I don't get the sense, for example, that scene uh, when they're shooting the forest down after the Predator. I don't fully have the sense that McTiernan knows what that scene That's is. That's such a weird, but he but does. I, but I think That's maybe at some, level, at some practical, does, at some practical level, he here's what it is. At a practical level, the scene has a practical function, right? Uh, they see the Predator for the first time, and they're shooting at the Invisible Predator, establishing that the Predator has some like invisibility cloak, and they can't see it, and that's going to be the the hurdle they have to get over as humans to defeat the Predator, right? So McTiernan knows... There are several scenes in the movie like this where McTiernan knows what the practical function of the plot point is, but he lets the scene kind of play out in excess in a weird way. And it's such an interesting directorial instinct to let these 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 sort of basically like I just need to establish plot point A but instead of just establishing plot point A I'm going to I'm going to stage a fucking opera of violence and like let this thing kind of explode into chaos and we might something might happen here that's interesting and that it doesn't always work a lot of times it doesn't work but in predator to me because there is such a such a sort of conventional, campy genre structure on everything. These little bursts right. of chaos are so interesting in relief against that genre structure. Hold on, look what my second thing. Done to us. Hold on, the second thing. My second thing. He's made an ass of us. Hold on, I have not finished. I have not finished. I have not finished. Alien. Yeah. You have made me realize. Also has these moments. Okay. Your argument. Your point about the cat and the cat's relationship to the xenomorph. Incredible made me realize that there are little pockets of 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 the unexplainable the inexplicable the 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 sort of instinctive the unspoken there are little moments of that thing that i like in predator there are moments of that in alien but they are done against the background of an absolute fucking uh masterpiece artistic masterpiece alien i think ultimately has the best of both worlds that i'm looking for <laughs> You, Joe, congratulations. I was... Are you serious? Are you doing this to be nice? No, I, okay, I'm right, giving right. you an accurate depiction wow. of my mindset. I told you I'd be open-minded. You were. I was really two seconds away from picking Predator because I love it so much, and I, it pains me that I'm never going to be able to see it again. That does suck. It's a uh, stupid podcast. But also, it's a very dumb Dude, podcast. Why do we do this? Um, but I, I'm so... Also, so... I, but, but here's the thing. I might have never watched Predator my entire life if not for this podcast. So I got okay. to see it once. And I love and the hell love of it. it once. And guess what? I didn't just see it once. Amy will attest. We watched. I think I've watched Predator four times in the last week. In the last <laughs> week, yeah. So. Oh shit! You love I, Predator. I love Predator, but well, now I feel bad. That's but not I'm the rubric. But that's not the rubric. Right. The rubric is 
which movie is a better movie? Which movie did you did you like, like more? more? In this case, they're kind of at odds, but ultimately, not really. I, you've made me see the light. I really tried to push this. I tried to ride. I re, I rode this thing to the end of the line. You really did. I you rode this thing to the end of the line. I, hell I, I, I I bled every ounce I could out of Predator. Um, it's a good movie. Ultimately, the cat argument though won won the day. Okay, uh, it's beautiful. Movie. Alien is a better movie. I'm 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 uh. I'm rooting for. I, I'm voting for Alien in the Canon, Predator. I'm so happy. Um, good night, you uh, you you um, uh, princes of New England, you sweet prince of of New England. Uh, Predator, uh, may may uh, angels uh, carry you to your watery grave. I'm like misquoting eight things at once. That's I'm okay. Not, okay, I'm um, thrilled. Predator, I, I, yeah. Uh, sleep well, sweet prince. Yeah. Sleep well, sweet prince. You're just yeah, yeah. You're gonna open the the gates to space yes. and blast. The you don't Predator belong out to be there. in there with uh, fucking many Alien. saints of Newark and all. Uh, you know, you no, you, you, don't. you are in the f- the first tier of the trash cannon, sir. Yeah. Do you know? I was going through my Bergmans in my head, like my top ten favorites. I think three or four of my favorite films we watched are all in the trash cannon. Um, including one. There I it s- is. Thank you, Poochie Vince. Good night, you princes of Maine, you kings of New England from the uh, Cider House Rules, I think. I am very relieved. Alien is better than Predator. Ten, uh, every time you watch it. But Predator is fun and I'm good. And I, you know, But come on. A- A- Alien is just incredible. And Don't so, make so me regret. It's more than fun. Say it's more than fun. Predator's got oh, some really shit. Predator's amazing. got some shit. McTiernan is an amazing director. I'm just happy that I made a mistake once in my life. The worst mistake I ever made in my entire life was on this and I podcast. Have to, I have to live with it as well. I, got, I have to live with I it as well. I got McTiernan. He tricked me with his amazing movie-making skills and his action skills when I picked Die Hard over Jean Delmon. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. Brett, like Joe lives with that every day. Yeah, I mean, can we just change it? Like, if, if I agree with you, or no, we can never change it. Can John Dilmon fight Pee Wee's Big Adventure in the big fight? Give me one thematic similarity between the two. Nope, too long. It can't. It can't. See, that's that's a stretch. Whatever it was going to be, whatever you were going to dig up, it was a stretch. No, John Dilmon is in the trash cannon. You live, you no, learn. But, but you know what? Pee's Big Adventure should be in the trash cannon. There's this like remake. You know why it lost? Because it's fucking worse than Bicycle Thieves, everybody. That's why it lost. I don't know why it's it gets this, this special this special treatment. It doesn't make any sense. It it lost. It's in the trash cannon. Here's what I will say. So you're, it you're, lost. You're voting for Alien. I'm voting for Alien. Brian, you still vote for, vote for Predator. Make it fun. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Vote for Predator. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> love it. I love that Predator got a vote. All right. Um, good for you, Brian. You might be the most honest out of uh, all well, of Well, you us. can be honest. No, nah, I was honest. Okay, I was good. honest. Right, you swayed me with the cat that. argument. Thank you very much. Um, ooh, somebody suggested John Dielman versus Predator. Is watching a John Dielman <laughs> porn parody cheating on this show? <laughs> Uh, well, not if it's the movie we're yeah. we're watching, I guess. Someone made a Jean Dielman porn parody. Uh, if LOL. if there was a Jean Dielman porn parody, Should... what would it be called? Chat, let us know. Anybody got any good puns up there? Up there? Anyway, sleeve? so Brett, so you're picking Alien. I'm picking Alien. All Look, right. this is here's what I will say. This is a brutal one, man. This was a blast. It was brutal. This was a blast. Yeah, I love fun. doing these live streams. Me too. This Thank is you, be, everybody. This is be our Monday from now on. Isn't that um, fun? It was yes. Oh. <laughs> What hey, you're saying it like it's not true? No, but no. It is oh, fun. what what um to be uh 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 to be I gotta miss I'm about to misquote this shit now again, um uh to be alive in that in that but to be young was very heaven you know but to be what is the Wordsworth quote about the French Revolution? What are we watching next week? 
Also, what the fuck are you talking about? The French Revolution was violent as shit. They would have had your head in the fucking guillotine. Um, what did he say? He said, uh, what did Wordsworth say about the French Revolution? So if uh, I was there, it would have gone very differently. To be, okay? to be young. Bliss was it in that dawn to be alive, but to be young was very heaven. And that's what I'm saying about these Monday live streams. <laughs> Bliss was it in that dawn to be alive, but to be live streaming on a Monday was, was very, heaven. very heaven. Very heaven, baby. I am looking forward to this. I hope you'll come back and join us next wow, week. Wow, look at this. We got a we got a meme going already. Wow. Wow. <laughs> there they that's are. fucking ridiculous. Okay, why is John Delmont in the trash? Why that is Showgirls me- in the trash cannon? Why? Maybe the trash cannon is the cannon. Maybe oh, we'll find man. this. Um. This makes me feel good, though. This makes me feel good. Predator and Jean Delmont <laughs> down there. <laughs> Jean Delmont. See, Jean Delmont's been standing off on her own in the trash can, and like, I don't fucking, I don't, I don't, I don't know any of these other fucking scrubs. And then Predator walks in, and Jean Delmont goes, "Oh, you too?" And Predator was like, "Yeah, me too." And then they they went. They did the thing. They did that's the awesome. thing. There it is. They yeah, did that. That's sick. That's really cool meme. I love it. Well, well look, John Delmont has some has her has an equal in the trash kit. Has a has a buddy. It is Predator an equal. Predator's really good. It's not uh, as good as Jean Delmont. Oh, somebody said this episode has been very heavy. Oh, well, thank, thank you very you. much. We truly have fun. You guys uh, make us have fun. It's so much fun being here. Uh, uh, go chatting with you. Uh, Joe's got to go raise his son. I have to go raise um, my son. And uh, so we will be back next week. What are we watching next week? It is uh, Suspiria versus Faculty. Yes. Is it? Oh my God, that's going to be a wow. blast. I mean, look. Now, now you guys have now. Now you got to come Monday I night. Am, we talk look, Giallo. May, look, we will be honest. We'll talk Giallo. We'll be honest. It's probably going to be a it's probably going to be a uh, in, the, in the mood victory. for in the mood for love versus uh, she's out of my league. But I, I'm very excited to watch the faculty. I'm like, so excited. 90s hard. Josh Hartnett, Elijah no, Wood. No, no. I mean, come on now. Come on. Um, and who is uh, so who fun. else is in the faculty? Um, it's going to be so. This fun. is so 90s. Oh my god. Josh Hart and Elijah Wood, Clea Duvall, come on, Jordana Brewster, Usher, are you fucking kidding me? Maybe it's a me? predator situation. Maybe, maybe we'll be shocked, and it's literally better than Argento Suspiria. It won't be, but it'll be a fun it watch. It'll be a fun uh, podcast. So we're coming back next week for Suspiria versus the Faculty. You can also see the rest of our month's uh, roster on social at Weekend Bergman, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check it out. A lot of fun horror movies left. We'll be live streaming every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Nope. 6 p.m. Cent. Nope. 7 p.m. Central. 7 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Mountain. Mountain. Thank you. Um, and uh, and then uh, the episodes are going to start coming out on Wednesdays on your podcast app. And if you are subscribed to Forever Dog Plus, you'll also get the video on Wednesday. Guys, we're just getting started here. This month, this is the month where we kick it into Boo. a new gear Happy on Weekend Halloween. at Bergman's. Happy Halloween. Won't you join us? Be one of the original 20. When this Twitch is blowing up a year from now, you're going to say I was part of the original 20. The Bergman's 20. Better than the Chicago 7. All right. See you. Better than Chicago 7. Next week. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.